Hello, and welcome to the Shea Hates Everything podcast, where we talk about video games, movies, comics, and other shit that matters. My name is Shay, and today I hate not being all that excited about video games. And my name is Kyle, and today I hate E3 2019. <laughs> not really. Mine, mine was basically the same, I just needed to find a different way to say it. Yeah. So, this is our E3 episode. We are only going to be talking about E3 and E3-related things. So all of the other news, we got another email, all the stuff we've been playing and watching, we will catch up on in the next episode, but we want to dedicate this to all the E3 happenings and our feels about those happenings. And in case you couldn't tell, neither of us were, like, super pumped up about what's happening at E3. Yeah, we're... All right. There are... There are still things that you and I are very excited about, mm-hmm. and that's how we're going to end the pod, is kind of talking mm-hmm. about the things, like the good takeaways. We're going to try not to be super negative, uh, <laughs> despite the title of the podcast. Uh, and uh, Don't make we, a we promise know, like, you can't keep. I know. People like <laughs> video games of all sorts, all shapes and sizes, and uh, we, we don't want to uh, harsh your mellow. We don't want to yuck your yum. Yeah. Which I hate that phrase, by the way, but thought it was pertinent. Never heard it. Also hate it. It's awful. It is <laughs> disgusting and terrible, but I hear it a lot. Okay. Don't yuck someone's yum. Like, That's, come on, guys. Mm. <laughs> Let's, that is so gross. Ugh, okay. Mm. Um, so we're going to be walking through just the, the big pre- press conferences, uh, as well as catching up on a couple of things that were not really at the shows or uh, press conferences, but were on the show floor. That we saw some gameplay, etc. from, and then, like Kyle said, we're gonna do like a final recap to get to get excited and say, "Here are all the things that we thought were the coolest." So we're just gonna kind of run through things in order. Before we jump in, I do want to say because we didn't talk about it on the last podcast. Happy birthday, Kyle! It was Kyle's birthday in between uh, the last podcast, yeah, and this podcast. I turned twenty-seven, which is like there, it's nothing. nothing. It yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, so. I mean, you, you've already been here, but, uh, like, I feel like age 25 is the last birthday where, like, it's meaningful. 26, because then you can rent a car. I thought that was 25. I think it was 26. Well, whatever that is. But, yes, that, that was the point is the last birthday that, like, something meaningful happens. And literally every birthday from here on out sucks. Yeah. Because you're either just a year older and who gives a shit, or you're hitting a milestone like turning 30 or 40 or 50, and that's always terrible. Right, that's so like every dramatically birthday, older. From now, it is always awful. Yeah. I'm 31. I've had many, many who gives a shit birthdays, as well as the big three zero being, oh, fuck, I am old. This is terrible. <laughs> just like E3 2019. No. <laughs> <laughs> also, I, I will just say real quick, I bought a car. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, it was not for my birthday. It was for my wife. For your birthday. Uh, uh, very close to my birthday. <laughs> for my, my birthday, I bought my wife a car. Yeah. <laughs> we traded in her truck and got a Chevy Equinox, and she very much enjoys it. So it's nice. Well, that's actually what... Okay, so the wife and I are going to go on our honeymoon next week, mm-hmm. uh, finally, since we have time. And uh, just a little bit of house cleaning. We are going to be on on our way down we're going to spend the night at your place mm-hmm. and then we're going to hit our hotel we're going to universal studios in orlando and disney um and that's kind of where we're going for a honeymoon and then on the way back up we're going to spend the night with you one more time and then mm-hmm. 
uh, go the rest of the way up, and so we're going to drive our new car. Nice. We have decided. Because we had the option of driving one of her parents' cars, and while it gets great gas mileage, it does not have cruise control. That is important. I don't know if like I... Like a 16-hour drive. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> if I can do that. So, we're going to take our nice new car, and, uh, well, nice new used car, and hopefully it doesn't explode on us. It'll be... It's the true test. That's like that's like the the hottest part of this trip. Like the biggest news of this trip is you're take you're driving your new car. Yeah. It's not that like you're going to Harry Potter World. Nah. It's not that you're meeting your niece for the first time. It's that yeah. you're driving your new car. That yeah. that's that's the thing that is really important for us to focus on. Well, like you're you're gonna show me this baby thing that you made, and then yep. I get to show you the car. Right. Yeah. Essentially the same thing. Right. In fact, the car is even more because you picked out the car. Like I didn't pick out my That's daughter. True. Like, it just kind of. I did get to pick kinda... my car. Our car. Awesome. Her I'm her car. Loving this already. <laughs> Let's talk about video E3. games. Yes. Okay. So, EA is first. They did not do a traditional press conference, but they had their EA Play event that ran for a couple of days over the weekend, and they did. They showed off plenty of things, and you know, sort of announced some things. The biggest of which being Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. We finally got some actual gameplay in trailers and demos, etc. for the game. My initial reaction was that this, you know, Star Wars 1313 was a thing. And it felt very much like, let's take Star Wars and adapt the Uncharted formula to this. Yeah. And that seemed awesome. Like, it seemed fairly linear. A lot of, like action platforming, some puzzle solving, third-person cover shooter, blah, blah, blah. This obviously is different because you're playing a Jedi, but it still feels, in, in what we saw, still feels relatively uncharted. It still felt fairly linear, narrative story-driven. It also felt very Force Unleashed to me. Like, it just like a toned-down version of that, where it's not as over-the-top with powers, but all the powers are basically the same. Like, oh, you throw your lightsaber. Oh, you force-push guys. Oh, you have telekinesis. Like, it didn't really seem to be doing anything new. Yeah. Um, I also... It, I, hmm, hmm. It, it... Yeah. It seems like Uncharted, but it's like they... They captured, like, the movement and the feel and the fidelity of an Uncharted game... But they didn't manage to capture like the magic of the personality of Uncharted, and yeah. so it just feels a little bland from it what we've seen so far. Super bland to yeah. me. Like the main character seemed who gives a shit. Yeah, and just like everything about the way he was walking, and I, this is one little vertical slice that we saw. But right. everything about it, it just didn't. It didn't have Star Wars magic to it. Right. However. After hearing about people that saw behind closed doors demos, in particular the folks at Giant Bomb talking about what they saw, what was presented to the public is not the game. Because hearing other people talk about it, describe this as far more being like Metroidvania inspired and the combat feeling more Dark Souls inspired. And not that level of difficulty, but it has depth to it. It has strategy to it. You're not just running around mashing force and lightsaber buttons right like each enemy has like sort of like a stagger bar like you can stagger them and that opens them up for like a finishing blow kind of a move Mm. um and like the combat seems to be a little more deliberate like if you're going to swing your lightsaber you're swinging your lightsaber and you're committing to the movement a little bit um in a way like 
where there, there isn't as much animation canceling as there is in like Force Awaken, um, or sorry, Force uh, Force Unleashed. Um, yeah, it's a, a little less arcadey. And it's also, I mean, Dark Souls inspired in how the world is structured because it's like it's fairly open. The way that they described it in these demos is you have a ship and a crew and there are several different planets that you can kind of go to and you'll need to go back and forth between them because that's where the Metroidvania thing comes in. Like your robot buddy gets new abilities that opens up new areas that you can't access the first time around. Yeah, which is that's something that I don't like about Metroidvania games is like having to keep track of the places that you can now go once you unlock a new ability. But if they tie it into the narrative, if they weave it into the narrative, like, Oh, now there's this thing that we can do. Like we need to go back and like go here on this planet or whatever. That's less of an issue for me. Cause if they tie it into the narrative, then there's zero issue with me remembering where to use these new abilities. Yeah. Or, or I hope, hope there's some way to track, locations for that kind of stuff because some games do that and that's mm-hmm. fine like if there's a map and there's like icons and you're like discovering them like uh i think in in god of war i think they tried to do this but the map was really terrible the interface was bad but i think they did that in god of war where if you went to interact with a thing that you couldn't like i think you had to interact with it was the problem like mm-hmm. if you like saw something in god of war you couldn't do yet and, like, you left, it wouldn't mark it on your map. But if you tried to interact with it and then couldn't, it would mark it or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I might be remembering wrong, but that's in my brain for some reason. Um, but I hope this is like that. Um, yeah, I think the, the, the biggest part of it is, like, if... Because this is kind of what you're saying. But if they make the thing behind the locked door meaningful, yeah. that that's much easier to remember and feel motivated to go back to it. If it's just a bunch of side bullshit then I totally agree with you that feels like an arbitrary limit to put on a player to have to come back. Like, it's like artificially lengthening the game. Right. But if if it's if it's driven by story and, like, actual exploration, then it totally makes sense to me. What, what it sucks about this is, like, I mean, this is partially what was so pervasive for both of us. And it, it, it seems like for a lot of people about E3 of be, it being feeling very underwhelming is a lot of these games that, for me, were my hyped-up games that I was really looking forward to seeing more of, really underwhelmed. Yeah, and Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order was... Feelings. Yeah, like, this was absolutely one of those games. After seeing it, I was like, this looks so bland. And just, this seems super corporate production noted to death there's no creativity here there's no ambition here and like i it made sense because at the end of the day one it's ea and they are not a risk-taking company even amongst the little risk-taking companies in the video game world ea is perhaps one of the least risk-taking and also all of the shit they've gotten for star wars battlefront in the past them trying to say like okay let's do something that is as safe as possible to get the goodwill back so all of those things made it make sense why this game did not seem exciting, but that doesn't make it any less disappointing that it didn't right. seem exciting. But hearing other people talk about it, this just seems like a symptom of bad marketing, or at least like marketing something that marketing it in a way that doesn't exist. Because they are at the end of the day, this is a Star Wars game. It is a single player Star Wars game that everyone has been asking for, and they are saying, "Here, we're giving it to you now." And because it is Star Wars, and because it is EA, they are trying to get as broad an audience as possible interested in this. And if they show off 
oh, hey, here's the complexity of the combat, or hey, here's how you have to come back later on to explore a new area, or you can unlock a shortcut. And like the Brad at Giant Bomb was talking about it, like you even you meditate at a thing just like in Dark Souls, and that's where the game saves, and when you meditate, it respawns the enemies just right. like it does in Dark Souls. Like, it's that much inspired by Dark Souls, and Dark Souls is not a mass-market game no, at all. No. And so if they pitch it that way, people are going to be like, ooh, this is too much for me. I want, I just want the big explosions in a Star Wars game. I want Call of Duty. So I get I get why they market it, market that way, but that doesn't make it any less disappointing or annoying that, like, it isn't actually the game. So, yeah. all that being said, hearing what the game actually is makes me definitely more interested. I agree. I I have some of the same concerns that you do about, like, I don't know that I want... I mean, because I don't like Dark Souls, personally. So, I don't really want a game that's heavily inspired by that, because that those systems haven't connected with me in the past. And also, the idea of, like, having to go back and forth and travel around and blah, blah, blah. There is plenty of potential there for it... F- feeling lengthened out right but seems far more interesting than the original gameplay demo made it seem um ea had a bunch of other stuff that we do not give a shit about they talked about the new fifa the new madden talked about season two of apex legends which we didn't predict in our show but we should have thought like oh of course they're gonna do apex legends yeah they also showed off some battlefield five DLC, some new maps and stuff. I think they're supposed to be adding... Uh, oh, gosh. I don't want to be wrong. I think they are adding single-player content. They are, yes. Yeah. They're, it's some, like, small stories or whatever. Because, yeah. I mean, I didn't play Battlefield... You played Battlefield Five, right? Just the single-player stuff, yeah. Because, they, yeah, they did more of the vignettes that they had done in Battlefield One, right? right. I think they're adding another one or two of those single-player vignettes, like, right. smaller... I really, I really enjoyed those. I wish they were fleshed out. And right. were larger games, um, but I, I really enjoyed them, so I'd be interested in popping back in and playing those. That was my big criticism from Battlefield 1, was the idea seemed interesting, but at the end of the day, it still felt like a tutorial for the multiplayer. Like, they wanted to make sure they hit all right. of the things you were going to do, and so it felt it didn't feel um, organic. It felt very planned out to hit the multiplayer beats and not actually trying to tell an interesting story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like if they built that out more and made you care about the characters more, that would be far more interesting. Right. And then they also showed off DLC for The Sims 4 Island Living, which, which looks cute. My and fun, wife lost her mind. Yeah, I'm sure. Like people that like The Sims, like this seems, this seems like really good expansion content. Yeah. Just not, we don't really care. With all the stuff that they showed and talked about at EA Play, I totally get why they didn't do a press conference because there was not that much. Yeah, there really wasn't. Not that much meat. No, like no new big game announcement. So and like because the, they're doing so much multiplayer stuff that it makes sense just to go ahead and have their EA play where people get to come and actually play the games. Mm-hmm. They get to get some celebrities in and some influencers in and stuff and and right. spread the word that way. And I'm sure it's much cheaper for them to do that. Yeah, totally. Uh, so that was kind of EA. Microsoft, <clears throat> excuse me, throat is having issues. Microsoft was our first big, like, actual press conference. And some of my big takeaways, so, like, the Game Pass stuff seemed, or it seems like a very big deal. 
them expanding it to PC, which I think they had already talked about, but just like bundling those two things kind of together. Yeah, the, like the the kind of the one price for all three things, like Game Pass on Xbox One, Game Pass on PC, and then Xbox Live Gold. Like it's fifteen bucks a month for all three of those things. Um, right. Like that's a pretty reasonable bundle. Like the ability to play any basically any first party and a lot of third party Microsoft games um, both on PC and Xbox and while PC does have a separate library of Game Pass games um, there's still over 100 of them available well there will be yeah. they said by August right. they will have over 100 games um, and then you know you have Xbox Live Gold so you can play online with people you get free games and discounts and yada yada so I, that seems like a, a reasonable value proposition yeah, I think that like if you own an Xbox and you play a decent amount of games, there isn't a ton of downside to getting Game Pass. I mean, it's it's $14 a month. It includes Xbox Live Gold, so you can play online and get your like free games. It includes the Game Pass, which is additional free games and a lot of new get like their first party new games hit Game Pass. Plus it's now available on PC with all of their first party games like that as well as a host of third party games. I mean, it's fourteen dollars a month. Like that's very. You could easily get Game Pass and only Game Pass and get plenty of content right. throughout the year. Yeah. So good on them for that. It's definitely a great idea. Um, some of the other like big non-actual video game announcement things. So they're they you know going into it they had said hey we're showing fourteen first-party games. I didn't like actually count through and figure out what all 14 of those were, but like thinking, oh, like Gears Pop was one of them. So it's not like, oh, it's 14 huge first party games. Right. They just happen to be games that they're publishing, which like, I'm not trying to take anything away from them necessarily, but it just is one of those like, it's a, a it's a bit of a marketing thing well, to say, course. oh, for 14, it's not 14 games that people actually give a shit about. As well as Phil Spencer on stage was like, we're showing 60 games today. And like, yeah, totally. But the vast majority of them were not exclusive games. And a decent chunk, like 15 to 20 of them, were in that really quick ID at Xbox vignette. Like, they didn't even really show those games. So like, again, yes, you showed 60 games. Awesome. But it's kind of just marketing spin to make it sound cooler and bigger and better than it actually is. Right, yeah. Um... Yeah, whatever. They also mentioned that for Game Pass, 34 games that they showed will be on Game Pass, which is pretty cool. And, like, they, one thing, like, I, I mixed feelings on it. So, they all, like, in a lot of the trailers, if it was coming to Game Pass, they had, like, a little pop-up. Like, oh, this will be available on Game Pass. And that's cool information to have. Yeah. But it disrupted a lot of the trailers for me. Like, in the middle of it where I'm, like really interested in what is going on have like a little pop-up like oh this is gonna be in game pass it just kind of like breaks that momentum and immersion for me yeah like have it be like a little like splash screen at the end of the trailer or at the beginning of the trailer totally and i feel like one of the reasons they didn't do that is because they continued to do the world exclusive when it fucking isn't uh I i noticed it less than I have in the past. Like last year and, you know, for the past couple of years, it's felt it was, like literally it was every, every trailer, trailer had something <laughs> like world exclusive first look at this exclusive, not actually exclusive game. <laughs> so like they definitely seemed to do it less, but it was still there and it was still super annoying. Yeah. So those kinds of things just like take me out of it a little bit. That's something that 
despite the weirdness of Sony's press conference last year, that's something that I loved about it was, I mean, granted, goals were different. They were showing mainly four games, taking deep dives, demos on those games, but they let the stuff go. You know what I mean? Like, they were like, this is the thing. Like they that, let it speak for itself. Yeah, here is the game. They're not popping in to tell you about it while they're just letting right. you take in the information, and that I, I, I enjoy. Um, but all that aside, actual games, um, kind of running in order of when they showed what they showed. The Outer Worlds. So we just got a new trailer for it. It showed a little bit more of the characters and kind of setting up, you know, at the end of the day, plenty of people hadn't heard about this game yet. So it just felt like, uh, here's what The Outer Worlds is. Right. It is basically Fallout. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it wasn't really anything new to glean from that, but at this point... For folks like us, they didn't really need to. Um, and I don't know if they had already announced the release date, but it is October 25th. I wrote down a lot of release dates in here, and I wasn't sure if they were already announced or just reiterations. Right. But, um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited about this game. I, I am going in with more tempered expectations, given what they have said about it's not as big as a Fallout game. The right. production value is not as high as a Fallout it's game. It's not. Um, the scope is much smaller. It's meant yeah. for multiple playthroughs. So it's not right. as long, like there's not as much to do. So like, again, temper those expectations. Like, just I'm gonna play the game and try and enjoy it for what it is. Go in with little expectation. Yeah, I mean, for someone especially that was super underwhelmed and unimpressed by Fallout seventy six and wanted that single player Fallout thing, even just a couple of years later, I'm I'm excited because this will fill that void a little bit. So that that should be. Hopefully it isn't janky. <laughs> That's like the big <laughs> ask from everyone is please don't be broken the way Bethesda games are. And then we got Ninja Theory's new game, which we had talked about that they had uh, an IP um, title trademark for Bleeding Edge. Right. That is what the game is called, Bleeding Edge. It is a 4v4 melee game. It seems it's like very character focused and kind of like over the top cartoony characters in a way that like Overwatch is. But it's more like punk rock, heavy metal style to it. Yeah, than like they're like kind of half feel. chasing that dragon. Um, I literally could not be less interested in this game. Oh yeah, of course. I, I'm like, like as soon as they showed it, I was like, okay, yep, they like, are making one of these. Like it was like bleeding edge, and then like the music started, and there's a slow crawl over four characters. I was like, oh, it's one of those. I al yeah. already don't care. Yeah, and in this, I know for us is part of what makes this underwhelmed feeling about E3 is because well, the game, the, the biggest, kind of games that are popular now are not the kind of games that we you don't I like. Yes. It is these competitive multiplayer class based games. These quote unquote, always online co-op shooter games, these battle Royale games, things like MOBAs. Like we just don't give a shit about those genres of games and not everything needs to be made for us. No. But that is why, by and large, the two of us are like, eh, yeah. about a lot of the new stuff. Yeah, because there, there's just... I mean, there's that's, so that's much the way the industry is going. Like, AAA yeah. industry is going. And it's so, a copycat industry. Yeah. Uh, and Some, it's, someone strikes gold with one thing, and then everyone tries to chase that. Right. And, and the vast majority of the time, it doesn't fucking work. No. So I don't know why they keep getting in this cycle. Right. 
It's like when like when Dota 2 and League of Legends became huge, every game was trying to have a MOBA element to it. And guess what? None of them caught on yeah. like Dota 2 and League of Legends did. You want to know why? Because those games already had all those players playing them. Yep. If you try to make the same thing that someone else is already playing, why would they leave to come play your thing if they're already getting the same thing with what they're already playing? Like, come on. It's so common sense to me. Yep. And that's how this feels. People that want this kind of game have a million fucking options for this kind of game already. What are what are you actually doing different? Because it doesn't seem like anything. No. Oh, but it's Melee, Shay. Yeah, I know. So was like fucking For Honor and a bunch <laughs> of these other fucking games that are already doing this. That's yeah. my point. <laughs> it being Melee isn't different. When For Honor did it, it was different. But it's Melee and like Overwatch, but Heavy Metal. Yikes. Uh, Amalgam. How, how many different things can we combine into one? <laughs> They'll have a battle royale mode where you, it's a hundred, like it's still just the eight characters, but there are a hundred of those eight characters. Yeah. <sighs> and then we um so got a new trailer, very moving, emotional trailer for Ori and the Will of the Wisps, uh, and a release date for February eleventh of twenty twenty. I did not play the first one. I have it on PC. Hearing that it is more hardcore platformer. And only having it on PC is one of the reasons I still have yet to play it. Because mouse and keyboard and platforming do not go well together for me. Uh, But I really want to play it. And a sequel to that game seems like it will be awesome. I love the... Personality is almost a weird word to use because it's very somber. But like its tone and its style is appealing to me. And it just looks You can plug in your PS4 controller to your computer, right? Yeah, I know. I downloaded some software, but it, it always felt like there was some kind of latency issue or something. Ah. It just didn't really want to work very well. But anyway, that's coming next year. And then we got some uh, a better look at Minecraft Dungeons. Yeah. Which I, I think it looks like fucking fun. It, I'm surprised at the like the depth that they were showing in yeah. like, the combat, the movement, all the abilities, and then especially like the inventory, like all the stat tracking and the, the buffs on the armor pieces and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like very surprised at the depth uh, that they're going for. It, like it is very clearly chasing the Diablo uh, kind of uh, genre well, of games. Yeah, but, but that's something where like that's, that isn't new. It's like it's no. not like they're aping something that is hot right now. No, they're but just, like what, just... what I'm saying is, I was surprised at how many of the like, the more advanced elements of those types of games are present. Seem to be present in dungeons. Like it would be very easy for them to do just this very surface level, yeah. very kid friendly. But it seems like there's, I'm sure you can hack and slash your way through a dungeon. Like, kids will still enjoy it and stuff, but it seems like there's more there for older audiences or for people who want to get a little more into it. Um, yeah. There are definitely systems at play. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, in it's a way that co- kind of surprised me. It's co-op. That It's uh, different classes. I didn't see a ton of, like, loot in the way that you would expect from Diablo, actually. But That's like, true. There were there was some of it. And I don't, it just looks like... I mean, though, like, the, the co-op maps that people make in Minecraft are one of the more popular things about Minecraft. And so for Mojang to actually make their own version of that and build an entire game around that kind of thing seems super fucking fun. Yeah. 
Like we played, I know when you and your buddy Cody played even more, but the three of us played a lot of those style maps, like dungeon crawly kind of maps with very loose sort yeah. of story, tying things together. Slender and, and Ender with Bender. Yeah, super fun. <laughs> Slender and Ender with Bender. Um, okay. We got Jedi Fallen Order trailer at the Microsoft press conference, which was just edited trailer yeah. from the demo that we got so i feel like that that's was, been happening for years where they yeah like that is just the same thing at multiple conferences yeah. different and, and maybe it's i guess it's just because like people people won't watch all of it i don't know i guess and, the, like the thing that makes most sense to me is that like since ea didn't do a press conference like they want their star wars game to have a presence at one of the big press conferences yeah since sony isn't doing a conference you have to have it at microsoft yeah, like that makes sense to me, I guess. And that, that's another point about the like we're showing sixty games, and again, it's like if a game wanted to be shown, it basically had to be shown at Microsoft, right? Yeah, because not very still like most third party games don't come to Switch, and Sony's not there, so yeah. it's not like Microsoft's bragging like, oh, we have all this shit because you're the only one there. <laughs> like right. it's a little, it's a little bit of a stretch. But yeah, whatever. I guess so. That's true. Uh, and then. A Blair Witch game, which is so random. Yeah, so at to first me. I thought it was like a new Alan Wake game, and I just about yes. shit my pants. That's what I thought too. Uh, and then it was Blair Witch, and I was a little less pants shitty. But yeah, um, I, it, it looks interesting. And I mean, I'm not into horror games, but it looks potentially like there's something about it being like a time loop feel. Yeah, maybe? so the aspect of like playing with the timeline is it, it has to do with the camera. So I, I mm-hmm. read or listened to or watched an interview. I don't remember. I've done a lot of shit in the past couple of weeks around E3. <laughs> um, but this is information that's in my brain. Um, you use your camera to solve puzzles and, like, change the environment. So let's say that there's, like, a tree that's fallen on a path. You can, like, bring up your camera and rewind to before the tree had fallen. And then, like, get out of your camera and the tree is no longer down on the ground. That kind of stuff. It's like you're using the camera to change sections and specific things about the environment. Also, like your dog will help you f- solve puzzles. It'll find items, sometimes show you where to go. Mm. Um, and then I guess there isn't like combat combat, but your flashlight, much like an Alan Wake, is your weapon. Um, instead of – so in Alan Wake, you'd use the flashlight to disable enemies and you could, uh, you could kill them with a weapon. And this right. you're just kind of like they don't like the light, so you're trying to keep them away from you. Um. Uh, which uh, I've you like, like that's in several horror games that are on computer right now. Um, so it seems like you don't you won't have a weapon per se. It's just kind of like your flashlight trying to keep enemies away from you while you solve puzzles or go through environments. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. It seemed kind of kind of cool. Uh, like it's not it's not a game that I'm probably gonna play. But it's, it seemed like it's d- doing some interesting things. And yeah. there's plenty of space still for a horror game in this way that isn't based around, like, Five Nights at Freddy's style. Where right. It's just jump scare, jump scare, jump scare. Like, it's act- there's an actual narrative. Yeah. Because, I mean, and, it's and filling I, the it's void cr- left by traditional Resident Evil, traditional Silent Hill, where those games aren't really doing the same thing yeah. that they used to do. Especially And Silent this is kind Hill. of doing that now. Um, yeah. 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 And, and it's also nice to... Because I think, especially in the horror genre, there's value to using an existing intellectual property um, in a way that, like, like a brand new horror game, you don't already have, like, knowledge in the back of your head about what the fucked up stuff could be. 
or mm-hmm. what could be happening or things to expect. So, like, in the trailer, they show the dude in the corner, like, you see at the end of the right. original Blair Witch, like, that kind of stuff. Like, they're going to be hearkening back to, like, there will be breadcrumbs and things that possibly only people from Blair Witch, that who have watched the Blair Witch movies, will get at the outset. Um, like the little stick figure things or like different yeah. like warnings in the environment, like potential clues that like instill a sense of dread based on what you know from the movies. Not that the mo- the Blair Witch movies are all that scary, but um Well, I only saw the first one and I hate horror movies, but that movie scared the shit out of me. Did it really? <laughs> yes. A lot of it was dumb. Because yeah. a lot of it was bad acting, and that always takes me out of the, the moment. The ending was really scary. The ending, holy shit. Yeah. Was, and I knew it was coming. Yeah. I knew it was, and still seeing that imagery of the dude sitting in the corner. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, I can't even talk about it. It's so fucking terrifying. Not good. <laughs> but I also don't watch horror movies because I hate being scared. So I'm sure I'm more sensitive to that than people that watch a lot of horror movies. Yeah. So we, we can talk about this, like, next episode more. But my wife and I just watched every single Paranormal Activity movie. In like okay. a span of a few days, all mm-hmm. six of them, um, and I'm trying to remember if Blair Witch is better than those or not. Mm. I I think Blair Witch is better than the Paranormal Activity movies. I know people loved the first Paranormal Activity because that was part of the charm of it was it was super it, low budget came and out it, of yeah, nowhere. It was the found footage in much like in a way much like Blair, Blair Witch, Witch was. Project. Well, yeah, yeah, it was very inspired by Blair Witch. Yeah. Um, so I'm actually kind of interested to see if in this game they use any of the things that are used in paranormal activity just because it's like that horror found footage genre and like mm-hmm. that's the other big staple franchise in that type of horror genre sure uh, is paranormal activity so i don't know interesting it like and then very surprise announcement after blair witch we got the big shit that everyone is talking about oh man cyberpunk 2077 and keanu reeves is in it Apparently, he is the second biggest character, second only to the player character. Like, he has more dialogue than any NPC in the game. Which, like, that's a huge thing to have kept secret, which is pretty cool. Um, Keanu Reeves was at the show. He came out to, like, Hell rele- yes. to give the, annou- the release date April 16th of next year, which is far off, which is a bummer. But, like, yeah. also it makes sense. No one really thought this game was coming out this year. Um, yeah. I I am not on the Keanu Reeves hype train in the way that most people are. Like, I have nothing against the guy. I also have not seen the John Wick movies, and I feel oh. like that's where a lot of the oh. modern love for Keanu Reeves comes from. Shit. So, like, I, I know, that's, but that's my point, is I'm okay saying that, like, I just don't get it because I don't get it. So, like, everyone losing their fucking minds that Keanu Reeves is in this game. I'm like... Yeah, dude. He's just a, he's just another guy. But like, he's a cool-ass dude. He seems cool. He likes I'm anime. I'm not saying he doesn't seem cool. He is also weird as hell. Yeah. So, really quick side story. I do a monthly customer email newsletter for work. And I theme them every month. I did a Game of Thrones themed one when the season was going. I did uh, an Avengers themed one around when Endgame the month or in May when Endgame came out. And this month, because I hear all this shit, I did a Keanu Reeves themed one. Nice. And not being the biggest Keanu Reeves hype man, it was a little hard for me to like put stuff together. But as part of this, I did a lot of research on like 
Keanu Reeves quotes because I wanted to find things to pull from both from movie lines and from him as a person quotes. Okay. Him as a person, like that dude is so fucking weird. Yeah. And like it's it's one of those when he says things, and I think it's because everybody is obsessed with him, but like he says something that is nonsense. And people are like, oh my god, he's so deep. And that like annoys the hell out of me because he's he's just like he's saying nonsense he's not some like prognosticator like this give me an example whatever i i I would have to pull up the article but i found multiple articles of like 35 meaningful keanu reeves quotes to get you out of your depression and it's like dogs right like that's like one of the quotes like dogs are great because they're your friend and like, oh my god, yeah, like let's analyze that and talk about how that's so meaningful and what that means to you. And it's that kind of I'm just like, fuck off. I'm not saying that necessarily Keanu Reeves is presenting everything he says as being like this deep, meaningful whatever, but it it's because everyone's obsessed with him. We are now he has become this like on a pedestal person where now every, he can do no wrong. And I'm waiting, I'm not saying I'm hoping for this. I'm waiting for the inevitable one small tiny thing from his past that he said something that could be interpreted as being racist or like an ex-girlfriend comes out and is like, yeah, he called me a bitch once. And then everyone fucking turns on the guy. I'm just waiting for that because it literally happens for every single celebrity and there's no avoiding it. I don't and know, I don't, man. Keanu's I don't want that to really happen. cool dude. And Pe- he's people super... really like Keanu Reeves. That, but that's my point. The, like the higher we lift them up, the greater not, the fall. Not in that kind of a way, though. Like I mean, some I people know. do, but like general public, people are like, yeah, that's a weird dude. But like, g- like the public encounter stories that I have heard of, he's mm-hmm. just like a really cool, down to earth dude. Sure, just like up for whatever. <laughs> He's up for whatever. Like he, like he has this comic shop that he always goes to, where he like goes and buys comics or like whatever. And he always calls before he goes. He's like, "Hey, this is Mr. Reeves. I just want you to know I'm going to be coming in today. And if you go ahead and have the, this stuff like ready for me, I'll pop in, walk around, talk for a bit, and then be on my way." So he like always calls to warn them, so like they're prepared, so like people don't like swarm in or whatever, or like if they have a friend who wants to come meet him. They can call their friend real quick and have them come meet him. He's just like a really nice dude and like considerate and thoughtful. I'm not disagreeing with any of that. He is very charitable. There was a story I found um, was as I was doing like research for the newsletter about how like when he takes pictures with female fans, he doesn't touch them just because he's like trying to be careful about the personal space and yeah. whatever. And like he seems like a genuinely good person. I am not disagreeing with any of that. I just don't get the, like, hero worship. And I think a lot of it comes from the John Wick movies. Because I've seen, like, clips and the, like, oh, his gun training. And it looks fucking badass. Yeah. But having, yeah. But I feel like, like, people are obsessed with him because of those movies right now. Obsessed from an, from, is not from the an, right word. From, what? Obsessed is not the right word. I don't mean it in a negative way, but, like, okay. he's the hot thing. He's the hot thing right now. From like from in a pop this culture, is not, like this is not this is not a Keanu Reeves thing. It's like his actual acting, him as an actor. He's the hot shit because of John Wick. Yeah, yeah. And at the end of the day, granted, I have not seen John Wick, but literally everything else I have seen Keanu Reeves in, which is like twenty plus things, he's bad. He's a terrible actor. Yeah, <laughs> but that's like that's part of what 
that's part of why the matrix was so good is because he's really bad and it's part of why john wick is really good is because he's really bad but it was kind of his character is kind of like molded around the fact that keanu can't really act Mm -hmm. kind of in a way kind of kind of in a self-aware way where in Seinfeld, everyone knows that Jerry can't act. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's, like, part of the fun is that he can't really act. Yeah. And they poke fun it, at it. It is different in Seinfeld because it is a comedy. Yeah, Like, but I am not being asked to invest. I would also say that John Wick is a comedy. It is, like, it is self-aware. Yes. Fair enough. Very I'll, self-aware. I'll take your word on that. Yeah. Uh, all I ever hear about is it's an awesome action movie, which like is totally possible to have yeah. without Keanu Reeves being a good actor. I disagree that part of the reason The Matrix is so good is because he's a bad actor. I think that those movies would be better with a better actor. No. I, I think I think those movies are so good because Keanu Reeves is so bad good. It's it, I think it really hinges on that. Um, also, in the third... All right. If you want evidence of the John Wick movies being very self-aware, mm-hmm. in the third John Wick movie, he says, I need guns. Lots of guns. <laughs> Which he fucking says in The Matrix! <laughs> right. He says a Matrix quote in the third John <laughs> Wick movie! Fair enough. Specific to cyberpunk. Anyways. I like I I acknowledge that I don't get the Keanu Reeves hype. That said, me thinking he is a bad actor and now knowing that he is one of the main characters of the game does not make me hyped for him being in the game. Sure. It makes me nervous that now I have to deal with a bad actor for a majority of the game. That that is that all of that to lead to this point. Yeah. It does I, I not make say, me hyped. It makes me nervous. Yeah. And, and when I say that Keanu is a bad actor, I mean, like he has, he can do one thing really well. And it's the thing that they have him do in John wick. It's like, like the very, like kind aloof. Of, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Aloof is a, a good word, but not aloof in an intentional way. Aloof in a way in which, like social skills are not this character's forte Mm -hmm. or like he's been through some really bad shit. So his social skills are bad because of it. Like he's constantly dealing with some shit. Um, so if they play into that, if they're playing to his strength there, I think he will be great. Um, but this does very much feel like he's hot right now. So we got to get it and it might not, it might like this is a part of the game that might not stay relevant long term. Sure, because you might not always have the context for why people really like Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Um. So, I, I get what you're saying there. Uh. Besides Keanu Reeves, like that was the big thing yeah, of their that was press the big announcement for the game. But there, I mean, there have been other stories coming out around this that um you can be 
non-binary in your character creation, or at least yeah. that there are elements of that. Right. So, like, um, a lot of games will have, like, hairstyles or specific yeah. features or builds of bodies that are specific to certain genders. Um, they said that's not the case in Cyberpunk. So, like, you can make your character from any which way you want to make them. Like, right. you can make them You can be a male character, or... but with female attributes. Right. Yeah. Um, or vice versa. Which is cool. They're, they're... Yes. Yeah, totally... More games no, do no that. downside. Um, there, there. I saw some other stuff around this of like people saying they're not going far enough. Like, oh, they should have non-binary pronouns. As, like, you should be able to actually play a non-binary character and be referenced as such. And like people kind of complaining that they're not going far enough. To which my response is like, I totally get, yeah. especially if you are a person that identifies that way. To want more representation yeah but like this is way more than any other game has ever done so let's not turn our noses up at that like right. this is huge progress and that just that attitude of nothing is ever enough really gets on my nerves and that seems to be a, a predominant response to this yeah well and that's I, I guess annoying. so i half of me agrees um it, it's frustrating that they don't recognize or they aren't taking time to recognize the strides that the industry has taken, they only take time to recognize like the faults that still exist. Mm-hmm. That's frustrating. Um, but they should go farther. Like, yeah, if those things are mutually yes. exclusive. Yeah. Th- but that's my entire point. Right. I'm right. not saying that everything is fine the way it is. Right. My entire point is that they are not acknowledging the positive change that is happening. I know. You, what is I know you mean that I'm just covering your ass. <laughs> Cause that's not what you said. I, I know that's what you mean. Eh, I'm, I'm covering your butt. Someone's going to interpret it that way. Then they are being the person that I am talking about. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Like they are, they are in, misinterpreting things to justify them being mad on the internet. But that is, yes, that is my point. Is I, I, I am not saying we shouldn't push for better, but it but is like, also, just as important. Yeah, also, to take a moment to acknowledge the yeah. work that's being done, the right. strides that have been made. Yes, because like, are are you? Are you saying that, not you, but like Infinite You, are you saying the same thing about every other game that comes out that you are mad that it doesn't have pronouns? No. You're only bringing it up about Cyberpunk because they're taking a step in the right direction instead of five steps in the right direction. Right. Whatever. Cyberpunk continues to look awesome. Yeah. I still, as a cynic, am like, I just cannot buy that they're going to be able to pull everything off the way they are trying to pull everything off. <laughs> They Until pulled I'm it off playing with The Witcher, man. They pulled it, that game off in Well, yes, spades. but I will also say The Witcher, for me, was not fun to play whatsoever. Uh, I hated the combat in that game, so all of the other cool stuff I didn't see because I didn't want to play it. Much like Red Dead Redemption 2. Well, I think it's a better playing game than Red Dead Redemption 2, yeah. but both those games I put in the same bucket of like what they do from a story and character and narrative perspective. Holy shit, amazing. Graphically, awesome. But, like, they're not fun to play, and therefore I'm not going to play them. So I hope that this game is actually fun to play. Yeah, it and seems not like just this game has a lot more options in terms of how you can play than a game like The Witcher does, just by virtue yes. of the technology involved. Um, yes, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to play well. It doesn't. And the fact that they have not made a first-person shooter before. But it like, all... This could go sideways in a lot of ways. Shay. What? You're... Yes. But half glass... Uh, glass half full... There's an op. There are, are more opportunities for them 
to have systems that you enjoy interacting with or a gameplay that you enjoy interacting with. It looks awesome. I just don't want to get overwhelmed with hype and I want to temper expectations because I that's don't how you think that's, that's how possible you... for you anymore. <laughs> that, what? <laughs> to get overwhelmed with hype for something. But that's my point. <laughs> I used to do that and then I'd get really disappointed. Yeah. And I'm trying to not get really disappointed as much anymore. Yeah. Like it it because would be it really... hurts. Yes, it sucks. <laughs> and that's on me. Like that's not on the game. Well, I mean, that is mostly on me for getting all you know, it's the No Man's Sky thing of people thought the game was going to be something different Kingdom than Hearts what they 3. actually... Like, they didn't pitch it the way that people thought it was going to be. People just, in their minds, imagined, this is what I this is the ideal state, and therefore this is what I expect. Yeah. And then it isn't, and then they hate the game. I'm just trying to avoid that kind of shit. Cyberpunk is not a case, like a lot of these games, where I should be excited, and when I see something about it, it makes me not excited. Like, the last... Or the Fallen Order or whatever. Like, I was hyped for that game, given what it is. I saw it and went, oh boy, this doesn't look that great. There are some other games that we're going to talk about that were similar. Cyberpunk is not that. Everything yeah. I've seen of Cyberpunk looks awesome. Yeah. I'm just not convinced that they're going to be able to pull it off for an entire game. All of the option and the choice. Because a lot of games have attempted to do something like that and not succeeded in a lot of different ways. Like, I think of, like, Do Sex. They had so many options the way that you could approach things, but the game suffered in a lot of other areas because of that. True. That's that's all I'm saying about Cyberpunk. I hope it is very good. Me too. Um, they showed some little trailer for a game called Spirit Farer, which yeah. is like a nice little indie game. Um, apparently it's about like death, so it's much darker than the trailer made it seem. Hell yeah. <laughs> It's just about like accepting and like dealing with your own death or something. I, like I was like, of course it is. <laughs> like of course this can't just be about. It's a houseboat exploring. Like of course it has Animal, to be an like analogy for something animals. We <laughs> death. Um, but it looks cute. You're you're kind of building this houseboat as you go, kind of exploring different islands and areas. Uh, it looks like there's some crafting. It just kind of has like a cutesy aesthetic to it. Um, yeah, I just I. I liked the little trailer that we saw, and then I learned that it was about death, and I go, oh boy, this game's going to end up being a bummer, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It has good music. The trailer had good music. Yes. Um, Battletoads. Three-player couch co-op. Side-scroller, beat em up It looks bad. Yes. Hey, they, they kept that sewer hoverboard level. Yep. They, yep. They're doing that again. I just didn't like the animation style. Like, it felt very, uh, not like kitty, but like, just like low rent. Felt like it felt like, like a shitty, yeah, like a shitty animated show style animation. Yeah. Where it was like, just like hard edges and I don't know. I just, it did not appeal to me visually and it doesn't seem to be doing any, like, it just seems to be like, yeah, we're making a, like a top or a, like a isometric side scroller or beat em up. Just like literally hundreds of other games have been, so I don't know. I was I was hoping that they would do something a little bit fresh and interesting with this, and it doesn't really seem like they're doing that. Yeah. Which at the end of the day, then I don't understand why they're bringing it back. But uh, for the joke, Shay. <clears throat> yeah, sure. Uh, we already talked about ID at Xbox. They showed off a bunch of indie games. I would need to go back and like actually slow down and see if any of them look particularly interesting because they just they rapid fire that shit so much it's like impossible to take in even what the names of the games are called. Yeah, and that just that annoys the hell out of me. 
um, I feel like it short shrifts those games. Right, like um, you have to go back and watch later and like freeze frame through the roulette yeah. wheel. Yeah. And then we saw Microsoft Flight Simulator, which looks graphically amazing. Like it looks like real life. It is insane. Well, that's what they're doing. Like they're apparently they're using. It was they. All right. So I don't know what they meant by real time rendering. I don't know if this means that they are getting video feed directly from satellites in real time or if oh, it is sure. just rendering the world in real time and not I, I have no idea. But it's mm. 4K. Uh, apparently they're using satellite imaging to build the full earth. Yeah. Which is really impressive. Yeah. Um and that would be really interesting if if like getting real time updates from satellite imagery. Um that would be really interesting. Did they say anything about VR? I guess they wouldn't because Microsoft yeah. doesn't. They don't have their own VR thing. But this yeah. seems like something that would be awesome in VR. Yeah. Just that like being able to go a place in the game that you cannot in real life seems really powerful to me. Yeah, you know, a flight simulator in VR makes a lot of sense. Mm. Although I, I would guess, I don't know. People already have their fucking like Hotas setups. <laughs> yeah. With their like uh, track, IR, track IR, baseball cap attachments. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Well, that looks cool. Cool thing to show at a press conference. Yeah. Like, most people are not going to play that game, but holy shit, it looked amazing. Yeah. And we're getting Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition. Do you care about this? No, I mean, it's already out on PC. It's been out for a while, oh, okay. so. On Steam. Cool. Age uh, of Empires 2 is a good game. We saw some Wasteland 3, people. which I don't know that we had seen a deep dive like this, or not even like a deep dive, but like actual game other than just like, hey, we're making Wasteland 3, but they actually showed some gameplay and a lot of yeah. personality and stuff. People like those uh, Wasteland games. It's like yeah. ever since Fallout kind of diverged from the original Fallout formula, right. that's when Wasteland was like, hey, we can maybe do that, and they kind of stepped yeah. in and tried to fill the gap there a bit. So if you're into that style of game, Wasteland 3 is probably a really good one of those. Totally. Xbox Game Studios has acquired Double Fine. That's big. That is very, very large. That's a big get. Yes. Uh, Tim Schafer came out on stage just to talk a little bit about it. Um, and it felt kind of pretty tongue-in-cheek about, like, Microsoft is not going to dictate the types of games we're going to make. Yeah. Which is smart. Um, right. And then he he introduced a new thing for Psychonauts 2. I'm not a big Psychonauts person. Like, I don't have anything against it, but I'm not... It's not a cult favorite of mine. So, it's this... It just doesn't do a ton for yeah. me. Well, so it seems like a 3D platformer, whatever, yeah. like cute. But since you and I never owned an original Xbox, I never got to play Psychonauts. I only ever played it at my friend's house. Um, mm. But I remember really liking it and thinking it was mm-hmm. crazy, cool. like the quality of voice acting, the animation style, like the, the variety to the it is appealing. Yeah, yeah, it like very Tim Burton esque. Um, yes, exactly. Uh, very Nightmare Before Christmas kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I I don't know like what I saw it just seemed like a high fidelity version of that and I feel like I could be down for that I don't know sure yeah Raz has a cool suit now <laughs> um we're getting a new Lego Star Wars game called the Skywalker Saga which is all nine movies and it isn't just like it oh is, we yeah, took they didn't just what we did before the like games. they're remaking they're making a new game yeah. That is all nine movies. Um, you can fly to different planets now. Like, it's more 
open world's probably not the right word, but it's a little more freeform and not like strictly level based the way that most of their games have been. Right. There isn't just a um, hub area that you launch all the levels from. There's like yeah. these larger hub areas that you're going to, like a lot of different ones, like over 20 planets. Yeah. It's a little more um, cinematic in yeah. its uh, presentation, which is cool. Like, again, they're just trying to do something a little different. Lego games have gotten a little bit rote over the years. Yeah. It's coming out next year. I don't know. Looks looks all right. Yeah. They added kind attack of combos. Off. So, like, there's like button combination combos. So it's not just Wait. hitting one button to attack over and over again? Yeah. S- that was never the appeal. Well, I, mean, I mean, if they make it deeper, maybe that can become the appeal. Yeah. But it was always about, like, the cutesiness of it. Right. And, like, the light puzzle solving and just exploration and stuff is what the appeal for me of the LEGO games was. Yeah. So. It just shows they're willing to try new stuff, which is yeah. good. It's smart. Totally. Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Kakarot. Which is, like, a... Whatever. It's a fucking... It's the Dragon Ball Z story in a video game. For the 18th time. Yeah. Do you care about this? Uh, no. I don't. Seems seems like a Dragon Ball Z game. I don't know much about Dragon Ball Z. Oh, I thought you liked Dragon Ball. Uh, no. I try. I tried. They, uh, so, on Giant Bomb, Jeff and Dan were doing their, like, Monday Dragon Ball Dragon podcast. Ball podcast. Yeah. So I was following along with that, and I got to, like, the 30th episode of Dragon Ball, uh... Z Kai, okay, which is like a super cut. They kind of trim some of the fat. Trims all the fat, which is most of most it. Most of the show, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I f- like really fell off and stopped watching because even that was too much Dragon Ball. <laughs> yeah, not uh, lean enough for me. Then we we saw a game called Twelve Minutes, which so they had shown this before. It just looked oh. very different. Okay, and I don't, I don't, I don't know don't that they that. had the name yet. Hmm. Okay, it is like a top-down puzzle game. It's like time loop where you're experiencing the same things. And you're trying to, you know, change events to get to the outcome that you you need to get. Uh, yeah, it looks fucking awesome. I thought. Yeah. Like this was one of the standouts for me from the Microsoft press conference. And I'm always on the lookout for like a more indie style game because I I love like ambitious games like that. And this was like, okay, th- I'm going to play this. It looks really, really cool. Way to the Woods was another indie game that they showed. You play as a deer guiding your little fawn through an urban environment. Uh, some kind of mechanic about you know using the light from your horns to solve puzzles and make things happen. Or antlers, not horns, but to like make things happen and progress. Seemed cute. Didn't, it did not speak to me the way that 12 Minutes did, for example, of, hey, it's this little indie game that is doing something a little bit offbeat. It didn't seem... Like, it reminded me of a game like Fee, yeah. which I played last year that was bad. Um, this seems like it has less gameplay than Fee. Yeah, yeah, true. Gears 5. So they spent a lot of time on Gears 5. Um, they did a character trailer with the girl... That was like music video, basically. And I was like, boy, this is pointless. So, I played Gears 4. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she is the daughter of that Hive Queen lady. Oh, I thought she was the main dude's daughter. Like the main guy from the Gears series. No. Oh. 
Because her name's Kate, right? I don't know, Ms. man. Uh, she, uh, she has some blood relation to the like the hive dudes. Is it the hive? No, sure. It's something else. Well, I, I think. Um, well, maybe it's hive. But she she has she has some blood relation to like she has like mixed blood or something. And so she's like trying to fight off the influence of that. Okay. Um so uh she is having a battle um of the blood that she is bound to. Bound by blood. Yeah, Gears Five bound by blood. <laughs> yep. Comes out September t- September tenth. I kinda like Gears. I, I don't I, feel I have like nothing I against- shouldn't. Because it's, I have nothing against gears. They're, I they think play the well. First, I think the first two gears games are both very, very good. Yeah, I liked the third game less. I know a lot of people still really liked it. Gears Judgment, I thought was kind yeah, of bad. That was made by a different studio, and I did not play Gears Four. I know the response was pretty mediocre to it. Yeah, so it was totally. I have nothing against pretty gears. okay. There were some really good moments in Gears Four, and I remember like what one of them is mm-hmm. but i remember there being other moments i liked i just don't remember what they were the environmental storms thing that they did in gears 4 seemed very cool yeah that was neat yeah um gears of war they showed us in some other trailers so they announced a new mode called escape and they did like a really weird below the stage thing that was like felt really out of place because they didn't do anything like that for any other game yeah uh xavier woods apparently was trapped down there for a while (laughs) well yeah during the whole press conference right and like a little before and maybe like a little after probably is the implication and apparently it was very hot down there i bet (laughs) uh yeah so they i mean they just kind of announced it and talked a little bit about it but they put out some gameplay um afterwards of people playing the game the game mode did you watch any of it by no. chance? Okay. I don't really I care did. about that. It looks fucking, like, so, it looks so boring. Because the whole point of the mode is, like, you're inside this thing to do a thing, and then you're trying to escape. That's the game mode. And, like, it seemed not, just not interesting. You're just, you're not doing anything other than occasionally fighting enemies as you leave. And it's just, like, a couple little combat encounters and then you get to the extraction zone, and it feels very much like the extraction from the Mass Effect 3 multiplayer. Yeah. Where, like, every th- waves of enemies just keep fucking coming at you, and you just have to wait there until the ship comes to save you. And it just looked bad. So, eh? But there are, like, classes and stuff. Yeah. I bet that campaign will be pretty good. That's what I'll play. Sure. They're doing a Terminator character pack? Yeah, uh, which the is Terminator weird. showed up a couple times yeah. during E3 in yeah. a weird way. Very weird. I know they're doing the new movie with Schwarzenegger, but still, why Terminator and Gears of War? I I don't get it. Maybe there's some kind of canonical reason that that makes sense. No, it doesn't. But n- probably not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, new Xbox Elite controller. Even more customizable. Even more expensive. $180. Looks cool, though. Um, If you have the money and you care. Apparently, it will be forward compat with Xbox. The um, We're not there yet, Kyle. That didn't happen yet. 
we that did not happen. Talk about that in a little bit. Dying Light Two, starring Troy Baker. So it is actually Troy Baker confirmed. Oh no! I just it just it sounds sounded a lot exactly like him. Like him. I'm I'm kind of wondering if they got sound alike Troy Baker. I don't. That seems hard to do, and like get away with that. Nah. I'm looking up. I'm looking up Dying Light Two on IMDb to see who is listed as the actor. It is not Troy Baker. Yeah, they got sounded like Troy Baker. That's what I it thought. It was a guy named Jonah Scott. I'm less interested in this game. Why? I'm I'm just okay. I'm kidding. All right. <laughs> Frankly, um, like I. Hooray! Other voice actors get work, but freaking damn it! Why does? Why does there have to be another dude who sounds like fucking Troy Baker? Troy Baker's in goddamn every game. He is in like yep. every game. Why do we need another yep. person that sounds like Troy Baker? Yep. Every protagonist because, has the same voice now. Because Troy Baker is in every game, he gets paid more, and not everyone wants to pay for Troy Baker. So give it to someone else who, like, sounds different. But they want him to sound like Troy Baker. They just don't want to pay Troy Baker. But I don't want to play another game with a fucking Troy Baker voice. <laughs> like, I feel like, I'm, I feel like I've been playing the same video game for, like, seven years. Yeah, I feel like I've played as the same character for seven years. I, I want to give Troy Baker credit. Okay, he's really I good. Love, I love Nolan North. Nolan North does one voice, and it's a great voice. No, but he does one voice. He, no, remember in Last of Us, he played the villain guy, and it's a totally different voice. You're right. And ninety percent of the time, and Troy Baker played Joel, which was a totally right. different voice too. My my point is ninety percent of the time. Nolan North does one voice. Yeah. And it's a very good voice, but he 90% of the time does one voice. But he's Troy not Baker, in every game. I think, I think Troy Baker, he was at one point, though. When Uncharted was big, he was in fucking everything. But my point is that Troy Baker, I think, is has a lot has shown a lot more range in his character. But no one's using like, he it. Does, he does a lot of the Troy Baker A voice. Right. But The Last of Us, The Last of Us was his biggest thing when he was on the scene. Yeah. And that was not his A voice. Right. Compared to Nolan North, who was... Nathan Drake, which that's Nolan North's A voice. Joel was not Troy Baker's normal A voice. Right. I, I'm not disagreeing that Troy Baker is probably in too many things doing his A voice, but I yeah. at least want to give the guy credit because he has shown a lot of different range. Like him playing the Joker. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess I like should that. say my problem is not with Troy Baker. It's that. So, like, I feel like so many characters in the games that I've played in like the past six or seven years have sounded the same. That's the problem. Yes. It's not that it's Troy Baker and it's not that it's his voice in particular. It's that those characters sound the same and I have trouble separating them in my brain. Yes. I personally would take a bunch of games starring Troy Baker than a bunch of games starring actors that aren't as good as Troy Baker. Sure. But that's me. That's me. Troy Baker is not in Dying Light 2. No, no, he's not. <laughs> we should probably take that off the show notes. So, Dying Light 2 seems awesome. And I really want... That is a very good joke. Thank Kyle you. Kyle just wrote, starring Ploy Baker. Yes! That's it so good. doesn't really make sense. No, because it's a ploy. It's to make you think they have Troy Baker. Uh, okay, alright. Ploy Baker. Alright. Yeah, okay. Alright, I'll give it to you. I enjoyed it you, as you ty- typed it, and the more I and, thought and about it, I was like, And then you backed off? 
And then, Come on, man. Yes, I, okay. Yes, all right. It's it's good. Ploy it's Baker is really good. Yes. It's it's pretty good. Okay. Anyway, Jonah Scott. I'm sorry. You're not Ploy Baker. You're Jonah <laughs> Scott. Dying Light looks. I should say it seems way more ambitious than I anticipated. Yeah. Because like I mean, they came out and said like, hey, in a playthrough, you're really only going to see 50 percent of the content in the game because there's so much choice and so many ways to drastically alter what characters are in the game, what areas of the world you can access based on a choice that you make. Yeah, like how the world looks like a big thing they said is like they want to show the scope of the game by having like friends like join your world and see how different your world is from their world just because of all the different choices that you've made. Um, and like they, they want that real tangible change like like some games will throw up like oh a color banner here is different or like you're just substituting this character for another character they want to make like real tangible significant changes based on your choices and it seems like they're doing that yeah and much like cyberpunk because games don't do this and games that have tried to do something like this in a lot of ways haven't been successful it's hard to say like it's hard to have confidence that they're going to nail it, but the ambition is laudable and like makes me makes me far more interested in an open world zombie game than I would be if it was just an open world zombie game. Like you look at something like Days Gone, which I know like you kind of enjoyed, but like just looking at it, I was like, this seems who fucking cares? Yeah. Like every single second of the game, I was like, who cares? And this at least seems to be doing something interesting. And makes me want to play the first game to like get into the world. Oh, the and first dying light is very good. Yeah, and I've heard and like especially the parkour and stuff. I've heard that yeah. it's really really cool. It's so. very good co op. Hmm. Okay. Uh, <laughs> are you saying that you'll play Dying Light with me? Hell yeah, I will. All right, that game's cool. very That's good. good to know. Uh, your main character, Aiden, is infected, which I think is interesting, and I'm curious to see if there are like gameplay systems around that, uh, where you can like. I don't know, cloak yourself around zombies or if you, if, if the nighttime affects you in a certain way, like it does the zombie, like that, I will be interested to see how they kind of play with yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure it'll be a big narrative piece. Comes out next spring. So no 2019. Spring 2020 is, kind of is game stacked. Where, say it again? Spring 2020 is stacked. Yeah. I'm sure stuff will get delayed, especially games like this that don't even have an actual date to it. Yeah. But also, spring twenty two or spring tends to be pretty stacked because it's the end of the fiscal year, and so True. a lot of games end up coming out in March that probably should not. I have heard rumors that The Last of Us Part Two is going to be releasing in March. Well, yeah, it was supposed to come out nervous. this year. I heard it got pushed to February. I thought. May, well, I don't, they haven't put out. A, they never put out an actual date for the right. Last, that was, Last that of that was Us like Part the two. Jason Schreier rumor. I thought. Okay, I did not see that. The rumor that I heard was that it was going to come out in March. And okay. it, when a game is announced as coming out in March, I it's immediately a red flag for me. Because that's typically when a game like Mass Effect Andromeda comes out in March. Because they're just trying to shit that thing out to make as much money as they can in the fiscal year. So, okay. That's Dying Light 2. Seems cool. Forza Horizon 4 is getting Lego DLC cars and tracks and stuff. Seems really weird and cute, I guess. I as it was happening, they had like the oh, it's a car on stage, and I was actually typing in the show notes like, "Are you fucking serious? Still, we're doing this thing with having a, lo- a real car on <laughs> I stage." Felt the same way, and then they totally twisted it on me because it was a Lego McLaren, yeah. and I was yeah. like, "Okay, all right, you guys know that this is dumb, and you're making a joke about it. Good on you." Appreciate that. Yeah, Gears Pop. It's a mobile game. Looks bad. I don't know. It, it's Clash Royale with pop figures and gears. 
Yeah, so I feel like I no. described it well. Yeah. It looks bad. Yeah, it looks bad. <laughs> um, State of Decay 2 is getting DLC with two new stories, some new weapons. It's called Heartland. Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I didn't play State of Decay. Did, did you play it? I did play State of Decay 2. Um, I played a little bit of the first one as well. I did not get very far into. I found mm-hmm. that like there were too many systems at play, and I, I didn't feel like I was in control the way I wanted to be. The, um, the structure it, it's, of it's it. A, it's a lot of like managing your people's emotional states, right? And all that. Like I had a handle on the materials and like the supplies and stuff. It was like all these assholes that were in my camp that were just being shitty because mm. of a descriptor on their character card. Okay, it was very <laughs> obnoxious. Uh, the the structure of the game seemed weird to me. Of like the it had different stories, and each story was like a map. And that yeah. just felt like you you finish a map and leave. Right. Like you actually, it's not like an open survival game the way right. that most survival Which, like, games. In survival always... games, like the fun for me is like building up a single yeah. location and like right. really fortifying it. And so having to leave and only being able to bring a few things with you yeah. and kind of like reset like that is really, it's not what I like out of that sure. genre. Fantasy Star Online Two is coming to the West. This is. A crazy popular PC. Is it an MMO? Or it's, it's an it's MMO. Just like, okay, it's an MMO. MMORPG. Um, I know Jeff Gersman is a big fan from Giant Bomb. He loves Fantasy Star Online. Yeah. I'm sure he's pretty psyched. I, that first one was very popular like globally. And I guess mm-hmm. Fantasy Star Online 2, like, you can play it. Like, there are fan translations yeah. of the MMO like that are, people are actively uh, updating and creating. It's so, like you can play Fantasy Star Online too, um, but I mean it's a it's a Japanese MMO uh, at its core, and it like there are dragons and battleships and fantasy airships. stuff and yeah. airships and all it's every genre imaginable mixed together. Much like we will talk about when we get to the Square Enix press conference, they're just like Japanese stuff is so. Like, Japanese. Yeah, it just all seems the same to me now. Like, yeah. it, like in Final Fantasy, I always felt a little bit different, but even now Final Fantasy feels the same as all the other Japanese stuff. So yeah. that was kind of my response. And I know people fucking love Fantasy Star Online too. It's one of the biggest games in the East. So cool that they're bringing it over finally. And it has all the content, blah, blah, blah. It's coming out in the spring, just like most things are. Crossfire X. Was it really weird? I don't why? even know what this game is based on what they showed. Why? Other than it's a modern military shooter. Right. Why would you release solely a CG trailer for another modern military shooter? How is anyone going to give two flying fucks about your game? Yeah. Like, yeah. that genre is so overpopulated, especially in the PC space. Not as much on console, but especially in the PC space. Why would you just show off a CG trailer? Nobody fucking cares. The only thing that is interesting to me about this game is after the announced trailer or whatever, Remedy, who is making Control, they did Quantum Break, Alan Wake, they're doing the single player for this game. We'll see. I'm just saying that's the only thing that makes me go like, hmm. Also, like, I thought it was a mobile game. Because the trail, <laughs> it, it was one of those CG trailers where there's no voice acting. Yeah, and like in a way that is like 
hey, we couldn't afford this. Right. So it it, may, it made me think it was a trailer for like some stupid city management mobile game, war battle masters, whatever. Mm-hmm. And like Crossfire X is not. That's a f- yes. mobile ass game. Name. That is a meaningless <laughs> title for a <laughs> it game. Tells you yes. nothing. It's so like this may as well have not been there. Um, and as far yeah. as I'm concerned, like, show me what you've got when you have something to show. Mm-hmm. Don't like, you're not going to get anybody excited with this. People are just going to be like, oh, good, another one. Well, and that's, I mean, that's not specific to Crossfire X, but that's un- yet another point in the column of why E3 is was kind of lame this year is, boy, howdy, we got a lot of trailers and not a lot of gameplay. True. Yeah. And I feel like that's where E3 is going more and more, and that is just not nearly as interesting to me. Like, I want to see people playing. I want live gameplay. I, I feel like stage. it just varies year by year, and I feel like this is just kind of a year where we got more trailers. Maybe, but I felt the same way last year, too. It was way heavy on trailers. Well, it was a lot of announcements, right? I think that's part of the yeah. problem is we did finally get but you some can do both. gameplay of a couple of the announcements. I mean, there was plenty of gameplay this E3, do you right? Re- it just wasn't... There were there were a lot of games announced and talked about at E3 this year, and probably like a quarter of them or a third of them had gameplay. But that doesn't mean there wasn't a lot of gameplay shown for a lot of games this year. But they were also edited trailers. trailers of ga- like of gameplay, not like a person playing the game. That That's what I am looking for. That's one of the things I love about E3 is f- when Fallout 4 was announced. It's like, here is this new game. Let's play it for 10 minutes on stage. That and let's let's show you all the... They did it with Borderlands 3 when they announced Borderlands 3. Like, it was like, hey, let's... Obviously, that was much longer than they would do on an E3 press conference, but like that, I love. Yeah, show me, show me the game, show me what the game is, not a highly edited marketing trailer. Yeah, but I like that's that's the way it's always been. Like I, it like, isn't, but, but that's my point. Is it isn't? They, it's always been a balance, and this year did not feel like a balance. This year felt mm. like a lot of trailers, and even a lot of trailers that weren't gameplay trailers, mm. more so than than normal. Yeah, uh, okay, sure. New A new Tales game, which is a Japanese RPG series. It's been going on for a long time. This one's called Tales of Arise. It looks Japanese. It is that style. <laughs> looks like a Tales game. <laughs> Borderlands that that 3. dude pulls a sword out of that lady's chest. That's true. Borderlands 3, got a trailer. Like an overview kind of trailer. Um, I thought it was a good trailer. It was kind of like a combo of some trailers we've gotten in the past. Yeah. Like, hey, here are the four characters. Here are the villains. Here's the story. Here are the world. Here's some of the guns. The little, you know, guns with legs moment. Hell yes. So for people that haven't been keeping up, it's it was an effective trailer of much like Outer Worlds. Like reintroducing people like, oh, if you weren't aware of this, here's what it is. They also announced um, free DLC for Borderlands 2. Focused on, or specifically for the Handsome Collection, Borderlands 2. Right, which is free Focused for PlayStation Plus, and I believe yes. it's also on Game Pass. I, I believe. I think that's what they said at the Microsoft conference, was that it's on Game Pass, I think. Yeah. Um, I know you played some of this. I did not. Oh, you guys didn't end up playing it? Well, no. I was asking you if you wanted to play with uh, me, and we had I planned thought- to play, and then you bailed. Chill. Because I of never, I never committed. daughter. 
I specifically bailed. said, I don't know if I'm going to be able to. I will try. You, no, I, you I, hard committed. <laughs> you're full of shit. I will read the text messages out loud on this podcast. I, I assumed, because I, I thought I read that you said we. And I, I guess I assumed that like you were going to play with Cody. Oh, uh, no. And I was going to join you or not. So, okay, so you haven't played it. So we will play it at some point. Because yeah. I was actually going to ask, like... How far you got, if I can catch up. I know that you can load up and it will create a level 30 character for you. So you can just jump into this immediately. Which is neat. And it's supposed to bridge Borderlands 2 and Borderlands 3. That's kind of the whole point. So I'm excited. I've heard pretty good things about it. I'm excited to dive back into it. Borderlands 2 is a very good video game. It is. Uh, Elden Ring. So this was the game we talked about in our predictions episode about the From Software George R. R. Martin collab. Where I was kind of like, I don't know how they can announce this. They just started working together. George R. R. Martin takes literally decades to do anything. <laughs> right. And then they did. I will I will not count this in the I was wrong point. Because this was ju- it was just a CG trailer of like nothing. Like this is this game is still not going to come out until 2022. The like, Elden Ring. <laughs> yeah. Broken. I love the tone. It looks cool. And I have complete faith in George R. R. Martin from a storytelling perspective and a world-building, character-crafting perspective. The fact that it is a From Software game is the only thing that I'm like, ugh. Because I don't like Dark Souls. I don't like Demon Souls. I don't like Bloodborne. I don't like Sekiro. All of their games are like that. So unless they're actively going to do something very different, I'm not going to want to play this. It seems like you equip arms. Okay. In the trailer, so the dude with the hammer, he doesn't have yeah, an arm. Yeah, he's kind of like crumbling. Yeah, and he's like cracking and crumbling, and then it shows right. what I think is maybe a player character, and they like equip a new arm. No, oh, I didn't notice that. It all just felt very vague Yeah, to me. So uh, they played Nintendo's arms and <laughs> <Yes>. thought, hmm. <laughs> How could we make this like Dark Souls? <laughs> Let's call arms, let's call our good friend souls. George and see what he has yeah. to say. <laughs> um, and then they talked about Project X Cloud, which is the like streaming whatever. Uh, it felt like a competitive thing for Google Stadia, but I could be misinterpreting. Mm, yes and no. I think I mean it's it's their console streaming thing, right? Yeah, coming out in October around the same time Stadia is coming out. I think they had had this planned for a while though, like before we knew about Stadia. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm not saying that like they they were like, oh, Google Stadia, we got to figure something right, out. Yeah. But it's, it could it's, be it's a, a competitor. competitive. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a similar it's a similar uh, service, right. To Google Stadia. Obviously, it's not like a console, even though Stadia is not a console either. But it's kind of that vibe. Yeah, this is just their. Your, here's your service to stream Xbox games. And as we will talk about with Ubisoft, they're doing something too, building out Uplay to do that. This seems to be the thing. Much like how Netflix was disruptive for cable and saying, oh, we aggregate all of that into one platform. So cut cable, don't pay for all these services. Here's your one thing. And now every we're just back in the same place again because right. every network has their own streaming service. This was the same way, where it felt like, oh, this is the future. Like, uh, even though PlayStation Now really never caught on, it felt like that. Or like Google Stadia was the thing. If you want to stream your video games, here's the one place where you will be able to do that. And already it's like, nope, every company's going to have their own streaming service that you pay separately for. And that's like. It's a nightmare. From a consumer perspective. Well, yeah, it it makes paying bills a nightmare. Yeah. But that's why they do it, is because, like, oh, I forgot. Like, already, we got HBO Now. To watch Game of Thrones. We have not canceled HBO now, even though Game of Thrones ended a month ago. 
we've we're watching some other stuff, but like we probably should just cancel it because we don't really care. But like we're not, and a lot of it's because we forget. So that's why these things exist because they know consumers are stupid, and we will forget that we are paying for something, which is pretty which is, shitty business. Yeah, practice. which is fucked up. It's fucked up, <laughs> but, dude. Yeah. At the end of the day, it is on the consumer, though. Like, I have responsibility for what I am paying for. It's not the company's fault. It's my fault. Eh, but they're trying point. to, like, take advantage of it's, that. Yeah, it's, it's a predatory shitty. business practice, which is yeah. horseshit. Anyways. Yeah. Okay. We're almost done with Microsoft, and then we only have, like, four more an hour and a <laughs> half into this thing. So, new console. It's still called Project Scarlet. That will not be the name of the console when it releases, but that's what they're calling it right now. It is, I mean, they reiterated many, many times that they're focused on gaming. They're not doing the Xbox One thing where it's like, oh, it's your all-in-one entertainment system. Because people don't want that. <laughs> like, my TV right. can do this shit. Right. I, don't need a, I don't need a console. Like, when I got my new 4K HDR smart TV, I never, I used to use my PS4 to load up Netflix or Hulu. Don't do it, because I have an app on my TV now. I don't need a box to do that shit right. anymore. Um, they said it's four times more powerful than the Xbox One X, which seems pretty powerful. That is. Said it can manage How many teraflops? Yeah. 8K ray tracing. Much like Sony had said that their console is super big on ray tracing. Yeah. Um, a lot of talk about trying to eliminate load times and like, you know, more immersive for people, blah, blah, blah. Which, again, mirrors the way that Mark Cerny talked about the next Sony console and kind of talked about, oh, the Spider-Man game used to take 15 seconds now it takes 0.8 seconds to load right blah 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 coming out next holiday just like most people anticipated they didn't really talk about anything or show holiday anything 2020 like, ne- next say? holiday as in not this holiday correct next holiday yes not not the next holiday which is this year holiday 2020 um nothing about this maybe like i gotta buy this shit but it is very early, and obviously they will have much more to say next year, in between, whatever. Uh, mostly, given what they talked about and the tech specs, it's fair to assume that Sony's going to be in the same ballpark, because companies always are. Yeah, It's more about like the additional service things that Xbox is doing, like Project X Cloud, like their Game Pass it being on PC, blah, blah, blah. I am mostly interested in those services and what Sony will have to answer those services. Right, right. That That's, and not, not just because I'm a Sony fanboy or whatever. I just, th- from a competitive perspective, are they still going to be following the same track? Or is Sony going to diverge and become potentially, like if they're, if they're not buying into the all the streaming stuff, whatever that Microsoft is doing, that makes them probably a little more niche than what Microsoft is doing, but that doesn't necessarily make it a bad thing. Right. It's just a different thing. I- I'm just curious to see what Sony has to say. Yeah. The fact that they were not at this E3 maybe means they weren't ready to say, or like, I don't know. I don't know what the strategy was behind them not being at E3. It, it, it is easy to say that it was a mistake because we don't know. Yeah. We will only know if it was successful or not when they do talk about whatever the hell they're doing. And then, uh, finally, Halo Infinite. Hell they yeah. actually... Well, they didn't show, because it, it was just a trailer. But, it was a cool uh, trailer, though. Yeah, it was, it was fine. For people that care about Halo, yeah. I'm sure it was, it was cool. Um, they talked a little bit more about the game afterwards, as well. Like, it's it seems fairly ambitious. Um, it is... It's not like a reimagining, but I don't know. It's The whole timeline feels weird. Like, it is Halo 6 but also not 
Halo 6. That part of it I'm just confused about. Well, no, it's supposed to take place after the events of the last game. But they've also said words of, like, taking the taking the series in a new direction. Of right, like, yeah, I think that maybe is going to play out in the structure of the game. Yeah, I, maybe. I am wondering if it will be an open-world Halo game. And the little bits of what they say is in-game gameplay that we have seen is, like, them driving a warthog, and it's this big open area. Right. So, like, yeah. Which I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I want that. Well, it's yeah, not I think really what I come to Halo for. What What is more telling is the tepid response to Halo Four and Five. Yeah. Not not it it not being about like I don't want Halo to do this, and more a lack of faith in Three Four Three to execute because they haven't proven to be awesome yet. Right. That that I think is maybe more the thing. Yeah, I am not a person. I do not fucking give a shit about Halo, but this is more interesting to me because I already know I don't enjoy what Halo was that much. Like it's fine, but like I don't really care. So them trying to do something new with it is interesting to me. So I kind of had the opposite reaction. So that was Microsoft. Um, definitely some cool stuff. By and large, I was still kind of like, eh, about their show. To be followed with a bunch of, eh, about most of the shows. So, since we are an hour and a half in, I don't want to, like, rush, but we cannot go as slow as we are going. Unless this is going to be a five-hour podcast, which it cannot be. Yeah, so I, don't, I feel Bethesda. like I don't have as much to say on most of That's the rest true. of this. That's true. They, they had... Microsoft had the most stuff of anybody, so yeah. maybe we can get through this faster. So Bethesda, Elder Scrolls Blades, Dragon Quest line, available now. I'm very excited. They've already yeah. implemented these changes. They're very smart changes. They just added jewelry, which has been mm-hmm. like an equipable thing for a long time. But like when you click on it, it's like, hey, coming soon. And the jewelry is really great. When you craft it, it gives you like a random number based on the uh, the materials you're using of buffs to skills and perks that you already have. Or mm-hmm. potentially don't have. So, like, I use the spell Absorb, which, like, when you cast it, the next time you get hit, it absorbs a certain amount of the damage and then heals you. Like, heals you more than the damage that you take. It kind of negates a lot of the damage. I have a ring that, like, gives me three extra ranks on Absorb, which is actually a problem because now I don't have enough Magicka to cast Absorb. <laughs> <laughs> which, that's kind of a problem. So now yeah. when I level up, I've been pumping points into Magicka. Um, but when I can cast it again, it'll be really great. Um, so the jewelry thing is really cool. They also added, uh, secret areas now that are just in jobs because the way the game's structured, there's quests, which are like main story quests. And then there's jobs, which are the ones that refresh. Uh, and then there's like your challenges, uh, every day that, uh, refresh every hour. Uh, and then mm-hmm. on jobs, there's a daily job and a weekly job that are also available for certain amounts of time. Um, but now, so there used to be secret hidden areas only in the main quests where you could find, like, an extra chest or, like, extra things to break for items. Now those appear randomly in jobs, um, which is nice. It's just a chance to get extra chests faster sure. uh, and extra materials faster, which is, like, the whole point of the game. Um, and are the jobs good? Like, are they good or I mean, bad? That's the meat of the game. That's what you're doing most okay. of the time. Like, you do that to get the stuff you need to level up to be able to tackle the new quests. Um, so if like, like there's no story content in the jobs, sure. it's just your dungeon crawling, uh, all of the story content and the voice act and the added voice acting, 
uh, in the new update as well, which it didn't have before. Um, but like that's where all the text, all the dialogue and stuff is, is in the quests, not in mm-hmm. the jobs. I downloaded this. I have not played it yet, but it's I downloaded totally it during the press conference. I, I, I would I would not still be playing it if it was not yeah. totally fine. Yeah. And like I I finally the combat finally kind of clicked for me in where I didn't realize that you could attack from both sides of the screen. So I was attacking very slowly just using my right hand, but then I found out that you can like really get combos going and those really increase the amount of damage you do. Um and like there's always a challenge that's like do six hit f- or five hit combos. Uh, and I could never do those before. I was like, I have no idea how to do these. And so I mm. would cancel them immediately. But now I'm actually able to do them because I figured it out. So I think there's maybe some t- tutorializing that needs to happen a little better in some of the combat. Um, but it kind of clicked a little bit more for me. And I'm having a really great time with it. It is a great free experience. And it is also coming to Switch. Yeah. Later this year. Uh, it will have cross-play and cross-save, which is neat. That's yeah. one of the reasons I was like, oh, let me go ahead and download it. Because cool. I, I probably won't play it that much on my phone just because I want a larger screen than my phone provides. But I can at least dip my toes, and then when it comes to Switch, I might play it more. Yeah, and like having a controller to play it with, yeah. while it's not going to control like a regular Elder Scrolls game, it'll still sure. be the same type of combat. Um, having a controller like will be better because I find myself... like. It doesn't sometimes doesn't read my taps well, or I like accidentally click on an ability as opposed to just attacking or the shield instead of attacking. That happens a lot. So, yeah, it might be nice to have a controller. All right, Fallout seventy six. Yes, we knew they were going to talk about Fallout seventy six, and they we did the exact thing that I thought they would do, which is like apologize and apology. then talk about all the changes they've made. Well, yeah, it, it wasn't even really an apology. Yeah, it, was it was like, hey, thank Todd no, Howard you- came out and he like. He started it off by like, look, we know we messed up. Like, but it was and we still got a lot of well deserved criticism. It was still no, kind of, it, it wasn't a full acknowledgement of how, but it was more, his apology was more framed, and he had done this in interviews too. His apology was more framed in, we didn't make the type of game that people want, not as much an acknowledgement that it was fucking busted as fuck when it came out. No, that's not, that is not the message I got from the press conference, from his apology at the press conference. That's that's how it came across to me. Well, I think you're a jaded old man. You 31-year-old. Skyrim is one of my favorite games of all time. Like I love Bethesda's games. I liked I Fallout 4 was my game of the year when it came out. Yeah. I am not this like Bethesda hater boy well, no, that a lot I, of people are. I think it, they didn't I'm make the speaking, kind of game you wanted. And so I, you're, I, you're hung up on that. You little, not true. little baby boy. Not true. <laughs> I am hung up on Fallout 76. I'm hung up on Fallout 76 because it was busted as shit, and it being a multiplayer online game, the bustedness means more than in a single-player game where their games are busted. And also, it isn't just that they made a game that is different than what I expect from them, because I don't have a problem with that. I think they did a bad job of making that kind of game that they were trying to make. Okay. Anyway, our original argument was whether or not he actually apologized for it or pushed it off on something else. I think they did. A le- they had a legitimate apology. It felt a little. It felt a little hedging to me. All right. Well, I'm sorry he didn't apologize in a way that satisfied you, but I felt good about the apology so much so that I then went and bought Fallout 76 on PC because it was on sale for thirty, and I've been playing. And on it PC. didn't work very well. Well, no, I've been playing it on PC and having a great time. It has crashed a couple of times. 
yeah. That like, doesn't that doesn't preclude me from having a lot of fun with it. No, it doesn't. But it's still like, whatever. I, <laughs> At like, the end of the look, day, it's still fucking busting. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Elder Scrolls Blades also crashes all the time, dude. Uh, yeah. But and, like the thing, is, like with Elder Scrolls Blades. If it crashes, you load it up, and it loads you right back into where you were in the job, and everything's fine. I've never, like, lost progress there. I've never lost progress on Fallout 76 by the crashing, because it's a server, so it's constantly saving. Like, it's, it's unfortunate that it does that, but it's not that big of a deal. Well, the crashing wasn't isn't the specific. Like I had myriad problems in my time. Right, and that, that's what I'm saying is since I've been playing it, crashing is the only glitchy problem I've had. Fair enough. So, they did talk about what's next. So, obviously, they had the Wild Appalachia update that just came out fairly recently. The next one's called Wastelanders, where they're adding NPCs back into the world as, like, other vaults open. There are going to be actual quest lines, actual um, dialogue that you have back and forth, which is, like, what I want more of in this game. Um, It's free. It's coming out this fall. I'm not sure that it's something that will make me want to come back because so much of the other stuff about the game, like I would, at the end of the day, I would still just rather replay Fallout Four, right? Than do than this. So that that it's, I'm not convinced that it's enough. But like, it certainly seems like a step in the right direction. That at least now I have gone from I could give two flying fucks about Fallout seventy six to saying I might check it out again, which is all they can really hope right, for if the point. price is right. Well, yeah, but it's this update's free, and I already own the game. Oh, you already own 76. Okay. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, you played it. Um, yeah, I wasted my money on it. Um, and then after, <laughs> after that is Nuclear Winter, which is a Battle Royale mode, which I was pretty underwhelmed yeah, by. Yeah, they have a trial announcing. going on, a free trial going on with that right now. Like, you can, yeah. like, get in ahead and, like, test it out or whatever. I don't give two shits about it. Yeah, I was kind of, um, yeah. It, yeah. No, I mean, not like, what I'm looking for. You, I, I guess... It's a service-based game, so they're going to have a battle royale, I guess. I guess. Sure. Ghostwire Tokyo, which was one of the cooler things I thought at the the Bethesda press conference. Actually, Bethesda was fairly strong. They had some cool stuff at that show. Um, But this is the new game from uh, Shinji Mikami, who is a creator of Resident Evil 4. Did he do the earlier ones, too? Yeah, he was involved in, I think, all the Resident Evils. Okay, Um, up through 4. Yeah. And his new studio did the Evil Within games. It's his new... I mean, it's their new project. It looks vaguely horror, but like not as dark of horror as something like Evil Within was. To me, at least, like it didn't come across that way. This was just like a CG trailer, not a gameplay trailer. But what it looked like was the player character... Like, it was the, person, the dude with the bow. And, like, he had to, like, a magic blast at the end of the trailer. So, I don't know. Like... If there's, like, more gameplay, because that's one of the things that made Resident Evil never connect with me as much, was, like, the combat wasn't the main draw, and, in fact, was detrimental, I thought, to a lot of those games. And even in The Evil Within, without having played it, the general feedback seemed to be that the combat was the weakest aspect of the game. So if they're focusing more on that and making it a little bit more... Not necessarily like actiony, but like having more combat options. That seems like a positive move for my interest in this this type of game. As a big fan of Shinji Mikami and Evil Within and Resident Evil Four, are you 
excited about this? They explicitly said that it is not a survival horror game, so I immediately care way less about it. Because um, when, is- when I saw Shinji Mikami, I saw that name like pop up, and they said he was yep. coming out to talk about it. Um, I just about fucking lost my mind, because I thought he was going to announce like another Evil Within or a new IP. Um, that's going to be similar in style to the games that he typically makes. And that because that's what I like. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is not that. This is something else. Uh, so I don't really care about it. What I saw does not really do. I mean, we did, for they me. didn't show hardly anything. But, like the setting and like the magic power stuff. Like, I don't. That's fucking stupid. Hmm. That surprises me. Given your love for his games to not like give him the benefit of the doubt. Well, like, benefit of the doubt, I, I don't know. Like, I, I like the games that he makes in that particular formula. I also know the kinds of games that I like to play. Um, this doesn't seem like it's that. All right. We'll see, I'm sure, as, as we see more actual gameplay. Yeah. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online. They did, like, a cinematic trailer for Dragon Thing, the Elsewhere expansion. Their cinematic trailers are always really fucking cool, but have almost nothing to do with the actual game. Right. And, like, watching them, I'm like, oh, shit, I want to play this. And then I remember what Elder Scrolls Online actually is. <laughs> exactly. And when I did play it, I'm like, oh, boy, yeah, I'm not interested in yeah. this. <laughs> uh, Commander Keen is back. That's weird. As a mobile game. I don't I don't give a... I don't care about this. No. It's, like, stage-based combat scenarios where you're kind of, like, moving and using gadgets to advance. Well, because it, it was like, it was like uh, we're bringing Commander Keen back. It was like, oh, Commander Keen. It's like, it's a mobile game. I was like, oh, fuck, go away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Elder Scrolls Legends. This game still exists. It's a CCG. Uh, they did a little, like, real-life trailer, which I thought was kind of cute. That's about all I have to say about Elder Scrolls Legends. Yeah. I've, you and um, I don't really care about that kind of stuff, so... Rage 2 DLC, which we, we t- talked about as being something that makes sense. Um, new vehicles, like a motorcycle, and they have like a big mech suit thing that looks pretty dope. They're calling um, new powers, they're calling them cheat codes, which is a fun idea. We're like, oh, you can make it low gravity and stuff like that. So that, that's just, just a fun play on that world. Um, a new expansion called Rise of the Ghosts, which is the new story thing. It introduces a new enemy faction. Uh yeah, it, it's still the trailer still felt like that kind of over the top. Yeah, they're still Mad they're, Max they're personality. Still marketing it that way when the game and the is game nothing is just not fucking that. like that. Yeah, the it's game is so not like devoid that. of personality. Yeah, that you know, Ugh. whatever. Wolfenstein Cyber Pilot is a VR game where it seems like you're playing as a mech. They just showed it really quick. Yeah, talked a little bit more about Wolfenstein Youngblood, which is the smaller sequel to Wolfenstein where you play as BJ's twin daughters or are they twins? They're sisters. Uh, I, they might be twins. Um, yeah, it's co-op feedback has been pretty positive about it. When the dude was talking about the game, he said killing Nazis like a million times and it started to feel not okay to me. Like it started to feel aggressive about it. I don't know. You something should about fucking be aggressive about killing Nazis, Shay. I don't know. It's just something about it felt bad. Like, it just seemed... I'm not defending Nazis. But just, like... I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of complicated stuff in history around World War II where, at the end of the day, 
the vast majority of the dudes that were in the Nazi army were just people. Like they weren't anti they weren't anti-Semitic. They didn't want to murder everyone. They were doing it because their country was at war and they were trying to serve their country. So like the capital letters Nazis, like this representation of Hitler, yes, fuck that. But like I'm not saying that every person that was a German soldier in World War II deserves to be murdered brutally. And that seems like what that was the way he was pitching it is this like really aggressive uh like yeah fucking kill all the nazis and I, something about it just feels weird tell like, me more even, about how you sympathize with nazis dude please come <laughs> on <laughs> but like okay to put it to put it into a different context like thinking about and may, maybe this isn't one to one but thinking about like a call of duty game where there are like like you go to india and you're in this village and there are a bunch of soldiers there and you murder all of the soldiers like do we want to call them terrorists in capital letters or are they just like dudes who at the end of the day some of them are shit but some of them are just like trying to protect their homeland from an invader like it's that it's that mentality of like just because someone raises up a weapon against you does not make them a bad person oh but you should still kill them because they're going to try and kill you I'm not not arguing that. Yeah. But the like s- talking about how much fun it is to kill all these people. Something about it's just something about the way that he was talking about it felt gross to me. And I get it. It's Nazis. I get it. Yeah. If if there's one thing that we can all agree on, it's that boy howdy the Nazis were bad. Yeah. But like something about the individuals that made up that I don't know. Something about it just felt gross to me. Just something I noticed. Yeah, I guess, like, there's... Mm, you should have varying degrees of fervor in which you kill Nazis. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's... The yeah, really that's bad Nazis, like, the higher-up Nazis. Right, You should right. be like, I want to really rip their innards yeah. out. Yes. But then, like, the regular ground troop Nazis... Right. You should He's be like... He's just a dude. Like, I'm sorry, you ha- you have to die. Like, I and need this is to something- kill you, but I, do- I don't want to, like... You know, I'm not going to record it and like watch it back later yes and feel good that is about something it. that band of brothers which is like one of the greatest oh, television so things of all time i thought did a great job of that oh man of that what, of that scene of the where point you, that you, i am like, talking crests about. the hill and there's yes. the nazi like the teenager who like yes. just parachuted and down or like, whatever he's just like waking up or yeah, yeah waking up yeah from like sleeping and he just like looks at him and just like holds his and arms it's just out. this innocence yeah, yeah he's, he's like just, he's just like I don't like, like he's just a dude. Yeah. He's just a dude wearing a different uniform. Yeah. He he is not murdering Jewish people in camps. He's just a soldier. Right. That's my point. And so like this like glorifying murdering just a dude feels gross to me. But it is a video game. It isn't real. And even the story that it is telling is fake. It's so also I'm not, I'm not, it's also pretty fun to kill Nazis. Yes. I'm not taking away any of that. I'm purely like just the way this dude was talking about it felt gross to me. Yeah. But the game looks super fun. I really like the armor. You're in like these this like scaly sort of Yeah, it, it's, iron it's the suits. armor from like it, it's another suit like from the Wolfenstein games. Well, yes. Yeah. It just the the different and they showed in the co-op in the trailer and stuff like I guess you can customize it in like different colors and things and that's Oh, okay. Fun. Yeah, because like in one of them, one of the girls is it's like blue, and then in the next one it's oh, black. you know, I like did I did read something stuff. about that. I think they're gonna yeah. have cosmetic DLC that you buy Probably. microtransactions yeah. to that customize. Seems, that the seems suits. like a microtransactions thing. Yeah, sigh. 
Deathloop. So this is from Arcane Studios, makers of Dishonored and Prey. Sounds like a bad DC villain. Yeah, the game also sounds kind of dumb. I mean, we'll see as it kind of goes, but the whole thing is it's a guy that is trying to break the cycle of this time loop and a girl that is trying to keep the cycle of this time loop, and they keep killing each other. And that's what the, that's what we know so far. I'm wondering if it's like this, just like if it's a 1v1 thing or if it is like a single player against ai it feels like it's a multiplayer like a competitive multiplayer thing. yeah which is strange which is also less interesting to me yeah um they talked about orion which is their game streaming technology this was interesting because this is not consumer facing like this is for publishers and developers right so it was just cool that they talked about it on the stage it's just supposed to make it easier to do all the streaming shit better latency uh lower costs because it uses less bandwidth um, they've already said that they're working with Google Stadia. They're already working with Project X Cloud. So it's just a neat thing. Cool that they kind of showed that and took some time on the stage to talk about the technology side. They had Bethesda's CTO come out, and he looked like he used to be in a hair band. <laughs> yeah. Like, he, you know, he just, he had his walking cane with the long, gross hair. And yeah. He was just kind of, like, weird. <laughs> he looked like a CTO of a video game company, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And then they closed the show with Doom Eternal, which looks fucking awesome. I really liked the first game. I did not like it as some people, as much as some people, but I really liked it. This seems there's way more diversity in the environments. You literally go to hell and to heaven, which seems really, really cool. Uh, a lot of they, they added a lot more kill, one hit kill animations, which was a big criticism of the first game because you one hit kill enemies a lot, like melee kill them because that gives you health or whatever. And they only had a few animations. And so when you're doing it dozens and dozens and dozens of times, that gets boring. So they specifically showed off a bunch of different ones. Which yeah, well, and smart. what they showed is like you can like set enemies on fire and then melee kill them and you get different items yeah. than if you were to do it other ways. Yeah. So like a little more puzzle to the combat, it seems like. Well, yeah, and that's how they describe it was as a combat puzzle. Which even in the first game, they talked about it that way of like you are in this environment there are 30 enemies, a bunch of different types, different places where you can jump. There are armor, there's different weapons, blah, blah, blah. Figure out how to kill everything. And that was kind of the pitch of the first game. And this is more of that, but there's way, there seems to be way more diversity and, like, options in how you can attack or attack something. And also focus on, like, they showed a lot more jumping and, like, seemingly, like, platforming stuff, which could be interesting. First-person platforming is rarely successful, but... Uh, it doesn't seem like they're like, it's not like they're trying to mirror's edge or anything, but uh, more of that. There's a shoulder-mounted cannon that shoots different shit that I noticed that seemed pretty cool. Um, there's a chain gun thing that was like a scorpion get over here kind of thing that you shoot it and it either brings the enemy to you or brings you to them, which is cool. Yeah, they talked about the multiplayer, which is one demon slayer versus two demons. I don't really give a shit about that, but whatever. The multiplayer in the first game was actively bad so anything different is a positive change so yeah and it comes out in november november 22nd i'm pretty excited i know you don't care as much but uh no it's just not the not the way that i play first person shooters like i i play because i like survival horror games like every bullet counts very measured i take my time oh yeah uh, and this not is not what this is going for no no <laughs> like this is like never stop moving chain stuff together yes. keep going keep going um don't stop and that's just not really what I want mm-hmm. out of an experience like that. So, not for me. And that was Bethesda, which I thought was one of the stronger press conferences, just because it actually had games I'm interested in, which 
as we're about to talk about, Ubisoft. That I don't not. like kind of didn't have any games that I cared about in their their entire hour long press conference. So yeah, uh, and I think a lot of that's just because of the style game that yeah, they made. Yeah, I had nothing. They're all kind of homogenous. They all just feel kind of the same. Yeah. So they announced Watch Dogs Legion, which it's set in London. Their whole pitch is like you can play as anybody, which yet again I'm like, hey, that seems like an ambitious idea. It is literally impossible to execute on that vision in a way that will be meaningful because you cannot have thousands of different voice actors. Well, what and they thousands said is of different dialogue. They have a lot of voice actors. They did a lot of different takes, but they're also using like voice filters Characters. and things yeah. like that to change voice pitches and modulation and all that kind of stuff. To but it also they're also based on character archetypes. Right. Like the at least the way that it looks is like yes, you can play as an old lady, but all of the old ladies are kind of the same. So right. like you could pick this old lady or that old lady or that old lady, but they're all basically the same old lady. Which again, that like play as anyone, like not really. You're really playing as like one of fifteen people. They just all look slightly different from each other. Yeah. So that I'm just that is not as impressive as what they're saying about it. Everything is drones. Like, they showed a bunch of different kinds of drones, and you're always killing fucking drones, which, just from a gameplay perspective, is not as interesting to me, because um, the AI is, it's not like you're fighting against a human, it's a its a flying robot, and there's only so many things a flying robot can do, so that just, that combat seems like it might not stay fresh. Right. Uh, it has permadeath, because you can play as all the different people, and that's, like, potentially cool. I'm curious to see like how the progression will work since you can recruit all these different people and play as all these different people. But I don't know. Basically, like I was just kind of underwhelmed by what they showed. There is potential ambition there, but like I said, I just don't see how they're going to effectively do that. Mythic Quest, Raven's Banquet. I literally forgot about this until I just read it from the show notes. This is a new television show from Rob McElhaney, the creator of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Right. It is on Apple TV Plus, which is a thing I had never heard of. I guess it is a premium streaming service on app from Apple TV. Hmm. Okay. It is about a video game studio that made the most popular online game, and this is their first expansion pack. And it's like the story of them doing that. It looks not good. <laughs> so, yeah. And he came out and was like very up front of like oh yeah we talked to ubisoft they were consulting with us we wanted to make sure we understood the actual game making process this comes from a place of love about video games blah blah blah, and that's all well and good but it just seemed not funny right which is kind of important like you like, can have the hey, best maybe it's respectful of the industry but yeah it's not but funny, it's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah it yeah not gonna be buying apple tv plus to check this one out uh clutch royale is a new mode, I guess, coming to Rainbow Six Siege. I guess. It's like a battle royale, but like 1v1 where people watch you do it. I don't know. Seemed weird and kind of unclear. Also, it's for Rainbow Six Siege, so we don't care. And then they showed off more of Ghost Recon Breakpoint, which they had already announced. John Bernthal is the bad guy, which we talked about. It was like a story character trailer with a little bit of non-gameplay stuff. I don't know. There was a dog. His name was Bam Bam. He was really cute. Apparently, the best John thing Bernthal about press just conference. brings him everywhere because um, he's trying to like show that hey, pit bulls aren't an aggressive breed. It's right. raised. So I guess he's, I guess Bam Bam kind of goes everywhere with John. I like that. Yeah, um, Bam Bam is also a good name for a dog. 
It is, yeah. Um, I bought Ghost Recon Wildlands on the Epic Game Store for $5. <laughs> so I will maybe talk about that next time. I've not played it yet. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, it was also interesting. So they got their like community manager. I don't remember what her actual title was, but it was she's essentially their community manager. And she said that we're bringing the AI teammates back yeah. because they got fucking lambasted. Well, like, we talked why about this the fuck last would you episode. take them out? Yeah, it seemed like a terrible move. Like, there are a lot really... of people that want to play that game by themselves. Yes. So good that they're bringing it back. The fact that they are just now planning to bring it back probably says it's going to be similar to how it was in Wildlands, which was bad. So I'm I just I'm already envisioning this eventually turning into a you guys wanted this so we put it in like don't be mad at us when and just like advocating any responsibility for not maximizing that gameplay system. Yeah. Tom Clancy's Elite Squad. It's a mobile game. Hey, which this is that actually a Splinter Cell game, right? Sam yep, Fisher's is, in it. Yeah, this is the Splinter Cell game we were all waiting for. Uh, the idea is kind of neat. Like it's a, it's characters from a bunch of different Tom Clancy franchises all in one game, but the actual game itself seems f- totally forgettable. It's that like XCOM style grid based strategy RPG. But yeah, you know mobile, all those Tom really Clancy simplified. characters that people know and love. No, but it's not about that. It's just about like taking. It's not specific people. Like that's not what is cool. It's different classes from different games. That is like. Neat. Hey, you Instead know who, j- you know who's the one Tom Clancy character that people know and love? Fucking Sarah Fisher. I was gonna say Beard Guy from the other ones. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Tier one operator from <laughs> insert game title. <laughs> Tom Clancy. All the beard dudes are the same. <laughs> uh, Just Dance 2020. Modern music is terrible. Mm-hmm. Was funny because there was one of the like top five. From the most recent season of So You Think You Can Dance was in this routine, which was cool. I was just like, hey, good for you, guy. But that was about it. At least they didn't open their show with it. That was the best thing I could say about that dance. New DLC for Fur Honor called Shadows of the Hitokiri, which is like a samurai thing. I actually missed this because I, as soon as the Just Dance thing started happening, I muted it and I walked away from my computer, (laughs) went to the bathroom, grabbed a snack, and came back and missed the For Honor stuff, which I'm also totally fine with. Yeah. Um, yeah. For Honor has a really solid community. I always want to give credit to Ubisoft for how they are supporting their games. Our flippant attitude towards all of this purely comes from a perspective of like we just don't care about these games yeah so we don't care about the new content for these games if you're looking for like deep dives on what's going on in the world of rainbow six siege check out your nearest probably the influencer. wrong podcast yeah yeah go to twitch uh yeah rainbow six quarantine which bummed me the fuck out oh, because man. it looked really cool they in the beginning. S- oh, like there and was then like they said, a trailer, it's a Rainbow and Six I was like, game. Oh, it's a new thing. Like they're, they're yeah. it's something new. It's not another Tom Clancy game. It's not another like typical Ubisoft games as a service. It's something cool. Something cool is happening. And then it was like nope. Rainbow Six Quarantine, three player co op. Pew 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 pew. Yep. Like it is Tom Clancy's Ubisoft. Like. After after they actually said like what the game was and announced that it's the new Rainbow Six game, like this feels like this is just a new mode in Rainbow Six Siege. Yeah, that's how rote it feels. Yeah, 
it's just no creativity, no ambition. It's Rainbow Six, the same shit, but zombies this time. Yep. Who fucking cares? It, well, it seems like it's going to be like Left 4 Dead, but Rainbow Six. Right. Like, probably Who have different zombie types or whatever. I don't know. They showed new what's coming next for the Division 2. I don't have anything against the Division 2. People seem to like that game, but again, yeah. I just don't care. I it's had to play the, it by like myself. All their and games it are the fucking, they're all the same game, guys. Like, it's all the same game. Ugh. They're making a Division movie with Netflix, which actually it's starring Jessica Chastain and Jake Gyllenhaal, who are both good, directed by David Leach, who directed Deadpool 2 and Atomic Blonde. I thought Atomic Blonde was a really shitty movie, but it had awesome action sequences in it. So I could see how maybe they could make a cool. They're making Division another movie. movie that is literally just Atomic Blonde, um, but with someone else. Uh, and it's, Not surprised. It's called someone else. It's called something else, but it's literally the same thing. Atomic Brunette. Uh, Ubisoft's streaming service, Uplay Plus. $15 a month, 100 games, including some new games when they launch going to be on stadia it's the same thing that everyone else is doing yep so congrats now we're all paying 80 dollars a month to our different game streaming services to play games yep hooray roller champions which we talked about leaked in our predictions episode it looks about what i expected it's a roller derby roller derby-esque game kind of seems like it's chasing a little bit of the rocket league thing yes multiplayer pvp I don't know why, but it reminded me of Blitzball a little bit. Not like in how you play it, obviously, but that's not like a positive reaction. <laughs> <laughs> that's something reminds me of Blitzball. <laughs> and then they ended the show with the only game that I was like, hmm, okay, maybe. It's called Gods and Monsters. It's by one of the teams that works on Assassin's Creed, one of the executive producers from Assassin's Creed, even though thousands of people works on Assassin's Creed. So at the end of the day, you could just say, from the makers of Assassin's Creed, for literally every game. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I at one point, I probably worked on an Assassin's Creed game. I don't really remember, <laughs> but I, it probably happened. Um, I just like the art style. Like, this made me... I wrote down, it feels a bit like Assassin's Creed Breath of the Wild. Very clearly. It seems like they played that game. Yeah. And we're like, I like this game. Let's make one of these. That, to me, sounds cool. Like, legitimately sounds cool. I had a lot of problems with Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, I wanted to like it a lot more than I did. The things that I did like about it were fucking phenomenal. And so if they're trying to ape that a little bit with an Assassin's Creed... Not even Assassin's Creed, but, like, a Greek god filter. Like, that sounds potentially interesting to me. My assumption is it's going to be a much smaller game than something like Assassin's Creed. And certainly than Breath of the Wild. But I am potentially, like, in in a press conference where my entire response for 99% of it was, who cares? This, I was like, okay, I will see more. I will watch more of this and potentially be interested. That's that's all. All right. And it comes out next year, in February. It's, I'm glad you had something. Yeah. Square Enix. They kicked it off with Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yes. 
which after what we watched, I still am not convinced that this game is going to come out. <laughs> like you, they said it's coming out March 3rd, I and I still am watching it and going, I'm st- I still am like, I don't know, guys. Oh, come on. <laughs> it looks very good. It looks it looks pretty good. The the boss battle that, that I feel they showed, a lot better about the combat. I was really worried it was going to be I Final agree. Fantasy 15, which I, I really agree. hated. I feel much better knowing what the combat is. Yeah, I'm. It still seemed a little bit weird. Just like it seemed a little bit button mashy, and then you occasionally use powers and stuff. Yeah. I don't know. So, it's like something Kingdom about Hearts. it. I, I yeah, which the combat's not the strength of the Kingdom Hearts games. No, it like classic Kingdom Hearts. Yes, the combat is not the strength. Well, no, I liked combat in classic Kingdom Hearts. It was fine. No, I I liked it. Okay. Uh, yeah. It, and it also because it's it's kind of a mix of because it's you still have an ATB gauge right. that fills up that allows you to use the special powers and magic etc. And there's an uh, an optional mode that you can play in that's more active where like you hit a shoulder button and then just a face button and it does those instead of like actually clicking through a menu the way you would in old school Final like Fantasy. Like the shortcuts in Kingdom Hearts. Well, sure. And my point is that sounds way more appealing to me. Uh, in I, this I heard more it's kind of hard style. to actually keep up. When okay. you're doing that, because like w- like the other mode where it kind of like slows down and lets you pick from a menu and stuff. Apparently, it's a that lot makes easier sense. to keep keep on top of stuff. So maybe for like grinding, it's better to have it in the like fast mode. But then for like yeah. harder boss or mini boss battles, you're gonna want to be able to slow down and. But part of it is like that. Um, the game, the action feels so much more fast paced. And the idea that, like, oh, it's super fast-paced, and then it stops. And then, oh, it's super fast-paced, and then it stops. That doesn't sound super appealing to me. Okay. And at the end of the day, this this is a game I need to get my hands on in order to know that if I'm going to like it or not. Like, that's just the reality. It... My reaction was not the same as yours. Of like, it wasn't a bre- it wasn't a sigh of relief seeing the combat. It certainly could have looked worse. Don't oh, get yeah. me wrong. There are way worse directions they could have taken it. But seeing this, I am like seeing potential problems that I would have okay. with the way that this is. And it seems like like general discussion around like some of the behind closed doors demos and stuff that they gave of the game, um, or like people getting their hands on them uh, on it. Uh, it seems like they're doing a really nice job of like fleshing out that world. I mean, they're going to have to, if they want to like have multiple games from a single game, uh, but like yeah. also like doing meaningful uh, additions, like, the, the char- characters that were, like, a couple of the eco-terrorists from the beginning of the game, like, their characters are a lot more fleshed out. You have more interactions with them. You get more context for them uh, and, like, some of their story and their personalities and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So, like, that's that's exciting. Like, not only do we get to revisit this world that we know and love, we get to find out more stuff about it in the process, sure. which is cool. Sure. Yes, I agree. Uh, I still don't think the game's gonna come out <laughs> i hate you uh they show like a little trailer for life is strange season two just to get people hyped about it i guess i'm still annoyed that the it's that it's so long in between episodes i like episode three just came out i still haven't even played episode two i just kind of the first episode wasn't amazing and then because it was so long i just totally fell off i will get back to it i want to but i don't know the trailer also annoyed me because it was a bunch of streamers like Oh, this! Oh, at this moment, uh, and just playing up personality, yeah, faking I really bullshit, hated and I fucking hate that stuff. Be a human being. You are interesting enough as a human being. Don't pretend. Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles is coming to mobile. 
I know you liked that game. Yeah, dude, I Crystal didn't. Chronicles so good. It isn't, but okay. They apparently already announced that it was coming to PS4 and Switch, which I had no idea. Um, but they, oh, they just okay. announced that it's coming to mobile. I, I apparently they'd already announced that uh, for PS4 and Switch. I, okay. I guess I missed that. So that was exciting for me. At first, I was like, "Wait, it's only coming to mobile?" No. <laughs> and I looked <laughs> right. it up. It's like, "Oh, it's already announced." Octopath Traveler's coming to PC. That's cool. Uh, the Last Remnant Remastered, which is a classic JRPG, is coming to Switch. I never played it. I, I remember, so working at GameStop, I remember it was like one of the only Xbox 360 games with a shiny cover. And I was always mm. like, man, I should play this shiny yeah. cover game. And I never got around to it, so I don't know, maybe I will. Um, Dragon Quest Builders 2, they showed a pretty lengthy sort of trailer that showed up some gameplay systems and stuff. It just seems like a lot more deep than the first one. Right, which I, is, a lot more variety. is what it needs to kind of separate yeah. it out from the herd of other games that are like that. Yeah. It has four-player online co-op. Seems cool. It's coming out next month. Yeah, good summer release. Yeah. Dragon Quest Eleven S rank, the age of whatever's, whatever subtitles that game has. Yeah, I don't know. It's coming to Switch. Cool. Um, Circuit Supercars is a little tiny, like little racing game that they showed. You know, some of the developers yeah, talking about. Yeah, reminds me of like a little cute. micro machines game. Yeah, yeah. It has a kind of a, it's a top down racing game, which I like. Uh, they just said play with friends, so some kind of competitive, I'm sure, online stuff. Seemed cute. Battalion 1944 looked like Call of Duty. It's a World War II online multiplayer game. Yep. There are literally over 20 of them on Steam. <laughs> uh, Kingdom Hearts Remind, which is a very Kingdom Hearts subtitle. It is DLC coming to Kingdom Hearts 3. The trailer was complete fucking nonsense. Yeah. Yep. Shocker. Uh, looks like you play as Riku, Roxas, and Aqua in those final battles. If you have not listened to me talk about Kingdom Hearts 3... You should do this. But, Shay, they they show, like, Xehanort, but his eyes aren't yellow yet. He hasn't been Norted. Uh-huh. He's pre-Nort. I'm gonna okay. Nort! <laughs> um, Shadowbringers expansion for Final Fantasy XIV. It's on July 2nd. Looks really Japanese. Dude, come on. <laughs> Stop it with that. <laughs> I'm not saying you're wrong, but come on. <laughs> no, I, I don't, and I, I don't mean it that in a derogatory way. But that, that's part of m- what my original how you point was. Said it looks really but, Japanese. That's not how I said it. I said it looks really Japanese. Like it, <laughs> that's that's, that's close. The, that was my takeaway. Because close. my point is, a lot of that stuff all looks the same to me. Yeah. Like it's a bunch of people in really over the top colored armor with giant swords. Like it just all feels the same. Yeah, that that's that's what it is. Uh, they showed some Dying Light Two. It was a little trailer. Cool. Final Fantasy Brave Exvius, which is a bad name. <laughs> it's a sequel to a mobile game that apparently exists. Yeah. Called War of the Visions. I don't know. I think it's, uh, I think Exvius or whatever, the mobile game, is one of those, like, you get, it's like Galaxy of Heroes for Star Wars. Like, you get the cards and you're upgrading the cards and then you, like, send your dudes out on little levels and they mostly plays itself and you maybe tap a couple things every now mm. and then. Um, and you're just like collecting classic final fantasy characters and then upgrading them with mats. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of free to play stuff. I think it's um, one of those. 
new game from People Can Fly, who did Bulletstorm and one of the Gears games? Uh, Gears, Gears... Was it Judgment? Did, did, was it Judgment? Did they do Judgment? I hope not, because that game wasn't good. But I liked Bulletstorm. Anyway, their new game is called Outriders. It feels like Destiny to me, because they talked about it as it's a third-person shooter with drop-in co-op. They talked about a lot about like the story, but it's like an open world thing. They showed off a bunch of different web- weapon types and enemy types, which all looked really cool. I just got a very Destiny vibe from the Outriders stuff, which I could potentially be interested in if there's enough there as a single player person. Okay. People Can Fly worked on every Gears of War game. Like, well, one, two, three, and Judgment. They did not work on okay. four. Uh, they also did Bulletstorm, they did Painkiller, um, and they did Infinity Blade, and they have also done some work on Fortnite and Unreal Tournament. Sweet. They do first-person shooters, which is why the fact that this is a third-person shooter kind of has me a little disappointed. Eh, I don't think that's fair. Like, you can't just put them in a bucket and say, like, you're only allowed to do first-person right, shooters but forever. Like, no, like, they do good, like, their first-person shooters feel good. Yeah. So I would say... So I want more I'm curious, of that. Yeah, I'm curious to see how they transition that to a third-person shooter. I want more of the same, Shay. Awesome. I'm glad you're not running the video game industry. You you should get a job at Ubisoft. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep making the same game. Ooh, good pull. Um, Oninaki, which they announced last year, I believe, or had already been announced, but it's a new action RPG. I think it's by the same team that did um, the other ones. I am Setsuna, oh. and another one. I don't think it was Octopath Traveler. Was that, it was another one? Was that Tokyo RPG Factory? Maybe, because I think I'm pretty they sure were the ones who did I am Setsuna. I think I thought it was that same group, but I could it be could wrong. be. But it's an action. It's an action RPG. Seems like Japanese. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> it's coming out on August twenty second. I, I, like I like. I didn't play I Am Setsuna. I heard kind of mixed things about it. But I think there's a, there is... It is Tokyo room. RPG Factory, yes. Okay, cool. So I think there is room for like a smaller scale JRPG experience yeah. that is more focused on story. That is appealing to me. Um, so I don't know. I, I could be interested in this. They're remastering Final Fantasy VIII. And I wish they would have shown a remaster of Final Fantasy VIII because what they showed just looked like actual Final Fantasy VIII, a.k.a. terrible. Well, no, like, what they did is they, like, up all of the textures and then refitted them onto, like, their regular polygonal models or whatever. And it looked bad. It looked like really bad dated CG. It looks like what you remember Final Fantasy VIII looking like, but not fuzzy and muddy and shitty. But it did look like, it did look fuzzy and muddy and shitty. No, it didn't. It was very I sharp. It did. Very I sharp. thought it looked bad. I, I, Final Fantasy VIII gets a ton of hate because it came after Final Fantasy VII. And they totally changed the magic system and all that stuff. I don't stuff. think Final Fantasy VIII is a great game. I know you like it more than I do. Yeah. I don't hate it. I'm not crazy but about I also it. But I also don't think it's one of the better Final... I think it is, it is a bottom half Final Fantasy game. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know that, I, I, don't know that I have games. played half of the Final Fantasy games. As someone who has played the majority of Final Fantasy games, I am confident in saying it is the bottom half of Final Fantasy. Like, it's okay. it's worse than 7. It's worse than 9. 
It's worse than 12. It's worse than 10. It's worse than 4. It's worse than 6. I think it is worse than 13, but I also like 13 more than most. Mm. Like, that's a lot of Final Fantasy games that, that it's worse than. I would rather play 8 than, like, any of the first, like, 6. No. Just because I'm not really nostalgic for that far back. I think those games hold up outside of nostalgia. I think there's an element of nostalgia when you play them. As sure, someone who is, has read a lot of really good fantasy, I do not think those games hold up. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, finally, Marvel's Avengers, which we had heard leaked, or like announced, and they said we're going to show Marvel's Avengers. This game looks bad, dude. It looks bad. Yeah. I don't get it. It looks bad. Yeah. Everything about it looks bad. It looks like what they showed of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. It looks so morally, or not morally bankrupt, creatively bankrupt. Like, very minimal effort. They focused more on doing a little mock interview with the actors than they did actually showing us the game, which again is a huge red flag. And hey, it stars all the voice actors you love. Troy Baker as Hulk. Uh, Laura Bailey as Black Widow, Nolan North as Iron Man, Travis Willingham as Thor, a guy I don't remember his name as the other one, as Captain America. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, the story is like, the Avengers lose a fight, San Francisco gets destroyed, the Avengers are blamed and disbanded, and this takes place five years after where they're coming, they're assembling back together. Yeah. It has a single-player mode and a co-op mode that's like a separate thing that seems like more like maybe a horde mode. I don't know. I don't know, dude. No loot boxes. Apparently what they showed behind closed doors was not very good. The gameplay that they showed. I'm not surprised. Well, because part of the problem is they have to design levels where you can play as any Avenger. So Mm -hmm. none of the levels feel like they are utilizing any of the Avengers skill sets to their fullest. It just feels like very generic making your way through an area. Maybe. <clears throat> Comes out on May 15th. I I went from when I knew this game was happening saying I'm buying that to now I am saying they need to get me to buy this. Which is a big bummer. I liked the Tomb Raider games. I should say, I liked the first game. I liked the second game less. And I thought Shadow of the Tomb Raider was kind of bad. But they also weren't the lead developer on Shadow of the Tomb Raider. It's an Avengers game. So, this this should have been a, a home run. And it looks bad. Yeah. It so that was Square Enix. And then, finally, there's Nintendo. Um, yeah. The only thing of consequence, the only thing worth mentioning even, we can leave all the rest of it out. Uh, no, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Were you going to say Animal Crossing? Yeah, we'll talk about We can talk that. about Animal Crossing. When they, no, right. well, let's, we, let's, let's go, go in order. order. We went in order for everything. Yeah. So, Super Smash Brothers, they talked about it for about 45 minutes. Uh, all the different characters and little... <laughs> it was funny, though, that they started it that way. I was, And I immediately had a moment of like, oh, no. I was very upset. <laughs> but uh, they're they're bringing Dragon Quest characters. In particular, the hero from Dragon Quest XI is coming in this summer. 
and it looked like Echo Fighters. I'm, I'm assuming they were Echo Fighters of different character models from other Dragon Quest games. Um, they're also bringing slimes, which is cute. Some Dragon Quest stages, shocker. And then later on, they also showed Banjo and Kazooie coming. Uh, again, with stages, and that's in this fall. And I know Banjo was one of the top requested characters. I was for also Smash. upset because I thought we were going to get a new Banjo Kazooie game because, like, Fair. they announced it separately from the Smash Brothers stuff. Yes, like they like inserted it later. I was like, "What, what new Banjo Kazooie game? That's a big deal." Can't believe mm. it wasn't at the Microsoft press conference. And I was like, "Smash Brothers," nope. and I was like, "Fuck yourself." <laughs> Um, they showed a lot of, like, this game is coming to Switch stuff, which we don't really need to yeah, talk about. Yeah. Um, but they showed Luigi's Mansion 3, which I'm not a big, like, I haven't played any of those games, yeah, so this really didn't do a ton them. for me. I liked the Gooigi thing, looked cute. Uh, and it was, like, a co-op partner character that you can play as, as well as a separate mode that's eight-player local or online co-op, which seems just insane. Eight different Luigi's and Gooigi's just sounds like a pretty fun time. But I don't, I don't really I'm, care. Like, why do you need that? Just because it's fun. When would that? They can have different benefit? puzzles and stuff for that. Yeah, maybe. If yeah, if they have an experience tailored around having eight people at once, then okay. I mean, that's the way they talked about it. You think so? Yeah, it's like, it's a separate mode. Oh, I didn't pick up on that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they showed the Dark Crystals Age of Resistance Tactics. Which is quite a long name. Yeah. It is a game collaboration with Netflix. And I put a question mark. Are they making a new Dark Crystal show? Like, why is this a collaboration with Netflix? Did Netflix acquire the rights to know. Dark Crystal? I, I, my assumption is that they did. I don't know. Looks like a mobile game. A.K.A. bad. Well, no. It, well, yeah. I don't know. I Like, fidelity-wise, it looked nice. Um, but it, eh. it's like, it's a turn-based tactics yep. RPG game. It's a mobile game. Because all those games are the same. That, like, grid-based action, whatever, like, uh, strategy. Not mobile. Yes. No, no, no. Um, like, this style of game on mobile, there are a bunch of them, and they are all the same. Oh. I don't know that I've seen, like, a grid-based, turn-based mobile game. I mean, Gears Pop is that. No. Gears Pop is, like, a Clash Royale. You're like dragging and dropping units onto the screen. Oh, and like putting them against. This is like Final Fantasy Tactics. Right, right. Whatever. (laughs) I'm not interested. Yeah, either either way, I'm kind of okay not playing it. But Uh, they showed some more Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening, which to me was the highlight of the Nintendo press conference. I cannot wait for that game. It looks awesome. They also showed a new system where you can like create your own dungeons. I don't know how deep that's actually going to be. Doesn't but like seem you get very treasure and stuff, but it just seems like a fun thing to add. I don't know. It just it just that game just looks so cute and charming. It looks. I'm super pumped for that game. Trials of Mana. They're doing a new game, uh, or bringing it to global release on Switch. They're also doing a collection of Mana, which has Finals Fantasy Adventure, Secret of Mana, and the original Trials of Mana. Available on Switch eShop. Cool. Old JRPG, now available on Switch. Yeah. Um, the Witcher 3 is coming to Switch, and it looks... I mean, they even said, like, CG Project Red even said, like, we had to make a lot of concessions to make this work. So, 
if you can play The Witcher 3 on a console other than the Switch, you, you should probably, probably should do, do that. that. <laughs> uh, they showed Fire Emblem Three Houses, a new trailer. I just We just don't. That's not our thing. Not our jam. Um, Resident Evil 5 and Resident Evil 6 are coming to Switch. Yeah, so Abby um, from Brooklyn, uh, a giant bomb. Also from giant bomb. Yeah, the <laughs> Nug Queen. Um, I guess she played like the Resident Evil 5 co-op, and it was very frame ratey hmm. and like did not run well which is surprising for a game that's like 10 plus years old mm-hmm. i don't know man i feel like that's somewhat inexcusable but whatever i know you like resident evil 5 it's one I... of the greatest co-op games ever made okay it's a bad resident evil game <laughs> fair enough um, we got a kind of style trailer for No More Heroes 3 that showed Travis Touchdown doing his thing. Cool. Uh, Contra Rogue Core, which is a bad name for a video game. <laughs> it's a twin stick co-op shooter. Contra game. It well, looks they, they had ugly. Con- Contra Hardcore was a game that they released. Okay. So Contra Rogue Core. They're playing on the old naming convention. Still a bad name. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. It just looked it it graphically it looked ugly. Like it looked like they're trying to ape the old pixelated yeah, contra look yeah. and you know, unsuccessfully trying to modernize it. Yeah. Um, but they're also releasing the Contra Collection, which is ten Contra games, which is now available on the eShop, which is pretty cool. Didn't I know there were ten of them? That's a lot of Contra games. That's a lot of Contra games. Uh, well, and they aren't all named Contra blank. Like, some of them have weird names. And I think one of them is, like, a Japanese or um, a German variant where, like, they had to change elements because they wouldn't sell it, so they changed something about it. Contra. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you play as a Nazi. There is um, shooting. <laughs> they showed some more Damon X Machina, which yeah. certainly looks like an anime mech game. They also show like a really brief character running like on foot thing, which if history is anything to go by, if you make a like ship to ship or mech or flight or whatever, like where you are controlling a vehicle game that has on foot sections, I'm pretty sure it's a 100% failure rate of those on foot sections being good. Star Fox Assault. (laughs) Sorry. Bless me. Whew. Yeah. Panzer Dragoon they're bringing back, which, again, it just looked bad. It just looked... I mean, it's super on rails. Obviously, it's, you know, like the original game. It's the flying on a dragon, shooting, whatever. There's just not it a just lot going bad. on. Yeah. It seemed very simple. You, you lock... You press and hold and lock on and then let go and it shoots. Yeah. They had, like, a little thing for Pokemon Sword and Shield, and they also had it in the, their treehouse where they played a lot more of the game. They showed off right. that, like, wild area. It's like there you can it has both random encounters and being able to see the Pokemon. So what I'm curious is uh, about is do the Pokemon only show up in the wild area? Are there no. only physical random like not random encounters are there only physical Pokemon encounters oh. in the wild area cuz that's what it kind of, some of the verbiage sounded like. I, but I feel like we've seen in a trailer in other areas where you can see the Pokemon. I don't know. But I I could be wrong. But I thought that we've seen that. Also, what do you think about this 
Gigamax, ba- Max Beta. Awful. Dynamax? Dynamax. It, it seems fucking stupid. It's Every time they add one of these gimmicks in a game, it, it makes sucks. me not want to play the game. Yes, I agree. I will probably and, ignore it as much as I can. But, like, you kind of can't because they said the gym leaders are going to have Yeah, Pokemon. they will do they, it. They'll I, do yeah. it. And, like, how the fuck are you supposed to not do it if they do it? Yeah. It's very yeah. dumb. Seems dumb, but I want to try to give it a chance. The bigger thing that people have been losing their minds over is that you can't import all of your old Pokemon into the game. You can only import Pokemon that exist in the Galar region. So, like, right. hey, there are 900 total Pokemon there are 400 in the Gala region. So, like, if Alakazam isn't in Pokemon Sword and Shield, you can't import your Alakazam for Pokemon Fire Red right. into the game. And people are fucking pissed about this. And my response is, why? They're making a new Pokemon game with new Pokemon. Why don't you use the new Pokemon? Like, do you really need to only use your level 100 Pokemon that you've been using for 20 fucking years? Come and on, people. Like if, like, if you really care about that, that's what Pokemon Home is for. Like, a place to, like, congregate to all of all your them. favorite Pokemon, like, the original stuff that you've been using, whatever. Like, that's the place where all of that's going to live. Like, it doesn't yeah. need to be in this new game. Like, they have a solution for that so you can still keep that Pokemon that you care about, whatever. Yeah. that Just that response was annoying to me. Yeah. Uh, I continue to be excited about Pokemon Sword Shield just because I have not played a new Pokemon game in a while because I haven't had a 3DS. Yeah. So being able to have it now on my Switch, having elements of a more open feel to it in that wild area sounds appealing. Yeah. I, I'm going to buy it, play it for eight hours, never touch it again, can't wait. <laughs> Got a new trailer for Astral Chain which is the plat- new Platinum, one of the six new Platinum games. Games. Uh, it looks kind of Pokemon-esque, where you're like capturing monsters and then you fight with them later. Seems maybe interesting. Hmm. Uh, but this was more like a story trailer than anything else. No like actual gameplay, or no extended gameplay sections. Yeah. Empire of Sin is a game that they showed that's a twin-stick co-op shooter awesome because twin stick co-op shooters hooray and they showed marvel ultimate alliance 3 which seems like what i would want from this marvel's avengers game because marvel ultimate alliance 3 looks really fun and i watched a treehouse stream about it where they actually like played through and we're just talking about it showed up this trailer showed a bunch of new characters that they hadn't announced previously like ghost rider and electra miles morales spider-man um it showed a little bit more of the story with the black order thanos's crew and then they talked a little bit about the expansion pass, which is going to bring more X-Men characters, the Fantastic Four, and some Marvel Knights characters, which for those who don't know, Marvel Knights isn't like a new or like a, it's kind of like a alternate universe Marvel where it's a little bit more gritty. Like they had like a Daredevil in Marvel Knights and he was like just more violent. Like it, it's a, it, was, it was a more adult take on Marvel that happened okay. in like the late 90s, early 2000s, I think was the time frame. So are they also going to be adding like new levels and stages and stuff? Along I don't. With this? I don't know. I don't know okay. if it's like a new story or just new characters. Because if it's just new characters, that's then way kind, less it's kind interesting. Of, yeah, 
I will say, and that that was a problem with the original Marvel Ultimate Alliance games anyway, because there are so many characters that you want to play as all of them. You have to you're replay never gonna the same play, stuff over and yeah, over. Yeah, you're never going to get to play as everybody as much as you want. Right. Unless, like, oh, I'm going to pick a character and play as them the whole time, or I'm going to play as a different character in every level, and therefore I will never maximize that character. They need so, some random generated stuff in this game, I feel like and it would be it really beneficial. And it seems like they're... I thought I heard them talk about some kind of challenges of like some sort of incentive to replay levels. Okay. More so than just leveling up your characters. I don't know right. the details, but I thought I heard them talk a little bit about that. Okay. Which seems like something they need would need to do. Yeah. They showed off Cades of Hyrule, which is the Crypt of the Necrodancer, but in Legend of Zelda. You can play as Link or Zelda. It is now available. If you liked Crypt of the Necrodancer, you should probably play this. Crypt of the Necrodancer was a cool idea. It did not connect with me as much as I wanted it to, given that it was like rhythm-based combat seemed really cool. I just didn't, it just didn't click with me. Right. I never got to the point playing it where I was like, I I never really understood how to be good at it. Right. Right. Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. Again, they're adding a bunch of not Olympic sports, which seemed really weird, like surfing is in it and rock climbing. Maybe that's been in previous ones. But it just was, like, weird that, like, yes, it's the Olympic, you know, all the Olympic games. Like, surfing. I don't know. It's just weird. I think... Okay. What? Is surfing an Olympic sport? No. Uh, On September 28th of 2015, surfing was featured on a short list along with baseball, softball, skateboarding, karate, and sport climbing to be considered for inclusion in the 2020 Summer Olympics. So those are considered... Potential. Considered for inclusion. So they aren't aren't pulled out of nowhere. They were on a list of consideration to be added. That is interesting. That adds a lot more context to why. But I feel like they would have announced if they were because it's next year. Yeah, I don't know. But that that makes a lot more sense of why they're including those things. It still is weird. <laughs> like, it, yeah. Just the I not even just specifically in the game, but thinking of surfing being an Olympic sport right. is weird. And like I rock mean, climbing hey, being an Olympic sport is weird. Surfing's pretty hard. But No, it's not about that. But it's also just like, it, it seems like it would be difficult, like no two waves are the same. That's How do you something judge? weird about surfing. And they have there are surfing competitions and they score it, blah, yeah. blah, blah. But yes, I agree. Like there's so much out of your control when it comes to surfing. It's weird. It's a weird sport. No two waves are the same, bro. <laughs> Thank you, Keanu Reeves. Okay. That sounds like something he would say. I know Kung Fu. And everybody would be like, oh my God, okay. you're so right. No two waves are ever the same. It's like people. No two people are the same either. <laughs> All right. So talk about Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing New Horizons. Yeah. It was delayed to 2020, which is a bummer. I'm enraged. But also, <laughs> I am very excited about what they showed. It looks really cool. It looks I like great. a lot of what they showed. Yeah. Like, so instead of you come to a town and it is already a town that exists and you are kind of like either taking over as mayor or a new resident, like, it, you start on an island and it, it's unclear of like how many people are already on the island or whatever, but like you get to pick where your tent is going to be set up and therefore like later your house and all this other kind of stuff you can put it on the beach for the first time which you've never been able to do um like you like basically plop down your tent wherever you want it and like it has the thing from happy home designer where furniture can be used in half units moved in half units not just full units so there's more degrees of 
movement in any given area. You can also place objects outside, so you can fully decorate your island however you want it to be. Um, there, it seems like instead of bridges, maybe you can build bridges, but instead of bridges, like initially, you can like pole vault across rivers, which is kind of cool. Mm. It's mm-hmm. like a fun little thing. I think the biggest change is crafting. Mm-hmm. Um, like you hit rocks and you hit trees and you pick up sticks and rocks and logs of different kinds and build like your tools. Like you can build your tools like axes and nets and shovels and stuff. Like I'm assuming you eventually get better materials and can right. then make better tools that last longer. Cause it seems like the flimsy stuff that you make will break, um, including the nets and fishing rods and shovels, which has not been the case in the past. There's only the axes that would break. So, seems like there's going to be some element of upgrading your stuff. Uh, you can still buy stuff from, like, Timmy or Tommy or whoever. Um, but the big new thing is, like, crafting. Like, you can craft decorative objects. Um, uh, there's a new element of fishing where, like, you can catch clams and insects and use them as bait to potentially catch different kinds of fish. Which mm-hmm. is cool because, like, that just adds... It's, like, one extra... It's an extra layer of things that you get to do to yeah. encourage you to engage in more of the systems. It's like cuz like once you've caught all the insects, the only reason to catch insects is for money. But now it's like, hey, I need to catch insects, certain kinds of insects so I can catch certain kinds of fish. Yada yada, who knows. Um there's still a lot of unknowns about it. But um it's yeah, it's really really interesting. Uh, the game has never looked better like the leaves blow in the wind. Sure. Uh weather they said before uh, it used to be time zone oriented, but now it also takes into account the hemisphere in terms of what your mm. weather should be. Um, so, like, winter and the seasons come at actually appropriate times uh, based on hemisphere and stuff as well, like northern and southern. Um, so, yeah, like, a lot of really smart stuff. Um, they added co-op, like, simultaneous co-op, which is yeah. interesting. It's weird, though. It's very strange. So, before, like, you could have multiple people on the same save file in the same town. Um. Uh, but you'd have to like log out as one character and load in as the next. Um, in this, you can now have another character from your town on that same save file come and play at the same time, but you only have access to the leading player's inventory. Um, and if the leading player equips a tool, the secondary player automatically also equips that tool. So like they're like helping you gather resources or catch things or fish or whatever. Sure. Um, but at any time, you can switch who the active player is as well. So like, I guess it's just kind of like a clunky way to get around not being able to open two inventory screens at the same time on the same <laughs> screen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It feels like is what it amounts to because you have separate inventories uh, as well. Just very strange. Um, and I, I don't know if you'll, if one player is able to chop and one player is able to fish. I don't know. Um, also like the camera tries to move around and stay so that you're both on screen, but if you get too far away, the person who's not the lead character teleports back on screen. So you can't get the Lego game. Exactly. Yeah. Um, really fascinating and interesting. It also seems like, so there's online co-op as well. I don't know. They, like, they haven't explained it, right? Like, I don't know if other people from online are going to be able to have houses in your town or if they're just, like, before where they come able and to visit. visit. Like, mm-hmm. I'm assuming that's what it is. I'm mm-hmm. assuming, like, you can only do co-op with local, um, but, like, people can come visit. 
through the internet. Um, yeah, it seems crazy. And, it, like, obviously people aren't just going to be intense the whole time. Like, they showed in some of the gameplay, like, villagers have houses and stuff, too. It's not just tents. But that's kind of, like, where you start and where they start are intense. Until you kind of, like, build yourself up. It's like, I like the idea of potentially, like, gathering the mats and stuff and, like, crafting your own house. I kind of yeah. like that idea. And, like, I really hope the houses are really modular, too. Like, because before it was, like, you can pick which upgrade you wanted to do next, but it mm -hmm. was, like, the same. I would really like to be mm -hmm. able to do, like, a modular layout of a house and not have it separated out into, like, separate rooms that are gated by load screens. I would like to, like, walk into my house, and the whole house I can move through at any given time. Sure. Like, and have the whole thing They should visible. be able to manage that. Like, you think so. Technically. You would think so. Um, yeah. A lot of really interesting stuff. Still, like, cool. a ton of questions. Yeah. Uh, more questions than I had before I saw this, but uh, I'm excited. not, like, a huge Animal Crossing person. I liked the original Animal Crossing on GameCube. Yeah. But there's enough here that, like... I'm I'm certainly interested in checking it out. Seems like a lot of fun. And then Nintendo closed their press conference with just sort of a announcement that a sequel to Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is in development. It seems a lot darker. Like you see Ganondorf's corpse in the little trailer that they had. And uh afterwards, like I guess they came out and said that like they were somewhat influenced by Red Dead Redemption 2. I don't know how what like I don't know what that's gonna mean, but it feels like from what they showed, it seems like they're gonna take a little bit more of a dark tone, similar to how Majora's Mask was much darker than uh, Link Ocarina. has to take care of and clean his horse, and if Epina dies, then uh, you have to find a new horse. <laughs> there are six different button prompts to pick up different objects. You can only walk anywhere. <laughs> right, There's right. no running. <laughs> yeah. Easy, uh, girl. <laughs> so we'll see. Zelda, yeah. come on over here. Let's go check out that dungeon. <laughs> um, yeah, and there was some other stuff that were like not at press conferences that were on the show floor. Like there was a little bit of control. Call of Duty Modern Warfare was there. Um, they showed off that new Darksiders game, which isn't actually Darksiders 4. Like it's a different kind of thing. Code Vein was there, that Kickstarter project. But like, I don't really think we need to go into all that. If there's news stories related to those, we can talk about them next episode. Yeah. Because we need to wrap this baby up. So, after all of that and that broad feeling of like, eh, about E3, I wanted to go through and like, okay, what were the actual games that I think look pretty dope? And I had a list of 14 games, which is a decent amount. Cyberpunk, Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, Borderlands 3, The Outer Worlds, Minecraft Dungeons, 12 Minutes... Elden Ring, which, granted, it's pretty far off, but it seems cool. Ghostwire Tokyo, Doom Eternal, Gods and Monsters, the Final Fantasy VII Remake, Outriders, Pokemon Sword and Shield, and Control. All are games that I'm like, these sound or look really, really cool. Like, I can get hyped about these 14 games. That is not as many as previous years. Like, usually there's like 20 to 30 games where I'm like, oh, fuck, I can't wait for all of these. But, like, it's not as big. It, after going through that exercise, it didn't feel as bad as it did in the moment. Yeah. I yeah. I thought I only had like four or five, but I actually had eight. Eight games sure. that I know I want to play. Right. Already. Sure. 
Um, that's Animal Crossing, Cyberpunk, Minecraft Dungeons, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Control, Dying Light 2, Crystal Chronicles, and Wolfenstein. Um, it's interesting that, and maybe a little sad, that two of my eight are just re-released, essentially, <laughs> effectively. Yeah. Um, to be fair, a lot of there's a way more of those happening yeah, now than ever before. For sure. um, so those are, those are kind of my eight. Like you said, Outriders. I don't know enough about that. I'm a little disenfranchised with the fact that it's a third person Pokemon sure. Sword and Shield. I wouldn't say I'm excited to play. I know I will play it. Um, <laughs> Gods and Monsters. I don't know enough of Doom Eternal's. Not really my style. I'm a little sad about Ghostwire Tokyo, mm-hmm. Elden Ring. It's going to be a Dark Souls game. I should probably stay away. Twelve minutes. I wouldn't say I'm excited about it. I might. I just think it looks fucking pr- cool. If the price is right, I'll I'll get it. Um, Out- Outer Worlds. Um, I mean, the, I guess I should probably include Outer Worlds on my list. I mean, I know You're I'm not gonna psyched play about it. Borderlands Three. Oh, oh, I think I left Outer Worlds and Borderlands Three off of this list because I like. Nothing at E3 sold me on Changed. them. Yeah. yeah, like they didn't give me any new information. Yeah, um, like they'd already announced all the stuff about it. So that's fair. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, was it a disappointing E3? Hundred percent. But it wasn't the worst. E3, well, I should say it wasn't a useless E3. Will we have E3 next year? Will it be the same? Will Sony be back to talk about the new console? It's impossible to say with all that stuff. I think that E3 is in a very weird place. Um, I also feel like, at least for me personally, part of my meh attitude about E3 was also driven by like personal things. Of just like, because I don't have as much time or energy to focus on video games, I am feeling I am feeling more apathetic towards like everything in my life right now. Because my life is so consumed with being a father now. It's just a really weird thing that I'm still adapting to. And I think that that was part of it. Like, in the past, I normally take off work to, like, watch the press conferences and stuff. And, like, I live tweet them. And I did not do that this year. Right. And I don't know if it's a symptom or uh, a cause. So, I don't know. It's just weird. It's just a weird spot. E3 is in a weird spot. I'm in a weird spot when it comes to E3. Yeah, me too. All of it's weird. Everything's weird. And bad, but like maybe it's good for me. I think that it's it's that Sony wasn't there. It's always the one I look forward to the most. Um, I agree. And yeah. like they have some of the games that I'm the most excited about seeing more of and playing. And the yeah. fact that they weren't present in any way really fucking bums me out. Because to think like, and I mean, granted, I don't care about Death Stranding, but like if they had that Death Stranding stuff at their press conference, that, like, that would instantly make you way more psyched about E3. Right. If they had anything to show on Last of Us 2 at all yes. during the show, that would have been huge. If they had me, more like, stuff to go of, uh, show of Ghost of Tsushima, like that would have right. been huge. And for me, even bigger, like a uh, uh, game announcements, like if they announced the sequel to Horizon Zero Dawn. If they announced the sequel to God of War, like I would be way, way more hyped about E3 than I am. So yes, that is certainly part of it. Yeah, but and a lot of that just become is because we are more invested in the Sony ecosystem than other publishers, right? So I'm I bet a lot of people that are more aligned with Microsoft. Like, I mean, maybe not, but maybe they are way more psyched because they're super into Gears, and that's just not. You know, yeah. we don't have the same excitement for that. So. Yeah, it's just like also like Fable didn't show up 
like I was hoping right. they would. They, Nintendo didn't no announce Bioshock. a Metroid Prime trilogy. Yeah, no Bioshock, <laughs> no Xeno, uh, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles well, yes. remaster. Uh, Xenosaga. Xenosaga, thank you. Um, was, it, I guess, and we can maybe talk about this more next episode, like, it was interesting for some of our predictions that didn't come true, like, that they didn't announce a Splinter Cell. After that being in the leak yeah. of Walmart Canada last year and it not Ugh. happening, everybody was like, oh, well, then they're just saving it. And they, they aren't. Like, maybe there isn't a Splinter Cell game, and they were just wrong on that. Like, that's just interesting to me. The fact that they didn't say anything more about Bayonetta 3, I think, is semi-worrying. Yeah. They announced that game two years ago, and we haven't heard anything about it since Nothing. Then. So that's, like, there was definitely some weird absentees from what we saw. Yeah. I'm not shot. I'm not surprised at all. We didn't see Metroid prime four just because right. they're retooling yeah. it. But Bayonetta three seems weird. Yeah. That we still haven't heard anything else. And I, I really expected like, I feel like we've had something Metroid at E3 like every year for a very long time. Yeah. Like, to see no mention of anything, like not even the trilogy or whatever that was rumored, like nothing. I also and this isn't this does is not true of Nintendo because they're not following the same console release cycle, but I think that's a big part of this too is that new consoles are going to come out next it fall 2020. Yeah. So what like there aren't very many times where a new franchise starts at the end of a console. Like Sony has been very rare. Like God of War 3 came out on PS2 the year the PS3 came out. The Last of Us came out the year before the PS4 came out, and it came out on PS3. Like, that is very, very rare for that to happen. So in that sense, it's not it's not surprising that we didn't get a bunch of whole shit announcements of things coming out in 2019, because they're saving the big shit for the next console. That doesn't make it any less disappointing, right. or like any less kind of apathetic towards what was happening, but it's not surprising that it went this way. Yeah. All right. That's it. I'm not going to go into a whole thing, but my hate of the week is annoying people cheering during press conferences that are at the press conferences. It's super disruptive and annoying and selfish. I, I was most annoyed with uh, the one at Square Enix because their mix of the audio yeah, very much included uh, during trailers and stuff. Like all the other pressers, like they muted the audience during trailers, but Square like left their audience mics on during the trailers, right. so it's like a bunch of people screaming over the trailers. That was very obnoxious. Yes. So. Yeah. So that was E3. Weird. Yeah. It was weird. Another year I down. feel weird. It's weird. But there's still like, hey, there's cool video games. There always are cool video games. Yeah. 2020 is shaping up to be a much cooler year in video games than 2019 is shaping well, up. Well, right, be. and like that, so at that's least the that. thing is I have like very little to look forward to for the rest of the year. Yeah, that sucks. I, yeah, I'm with you, but there are there are surprises. Like I know you fucking loved Void Bastards, yeah, and that that was not a game that like we were talking about leading no. up to it. I mean, it happens. I know, like people are losing their minds about um, Outer Wilds, the that adventure game. Which I want to play just because everybody is losing their mind about how awesome it is. Yeah. Like, there there are smaller things that are making an impact. It's just the big stuff. Anthem, Rage 2, like, those games are, like, who... They're just not that great. Right. So, hopefully, the games that we just talked about as being excited about them are good <laughs> and are yeah. not the same. Like, hopefully, we aren't saying the same thing about Cyberpunk next year. You know what I mean? Right. 
All right, so that's it. We're going to end with something we don't hate, and it is Father's Day as we are recording this, so I'm going to say that I don't hate my dad. Yeah. Which is probably obvious, but it's worth saying. I also I don't, don't hate, hate my dad. Uh, thank you for putting that down, because I probably would have not picked that, but now that you did, <laughs> I have now to. Now you have to. <laughs> also, happy Father's Day, Shay. Yeah, It's your first it's Father's first Day. One. It's weird. I'm really weird with holidays, yeah. just in general, and especially like like my birthday. I generally don't give a sh- like. I don't care about my birthday. I want to like not. I want to take off from work and just chill. But like, I don't want to party. I don't want to celebrate it. That's just not my personality. Yeah. And I feel very similarly about a lot of holidays. Like getting together with family. That's the only thing I care about when it comes to holidays. So like it being Father's Day. Like oh, I'm gonna get gifts. Like. It's not that I'm not appreciative and the thoughtfulness is awesome and like I love that people are passionate about that and I'm not trying to like put my beliefs on anybody. I just am like I just don't really care that much for me. It's just weird. I just yeah, have a weird either. thing with holidays. Except for Christmas. Christmas is the exception because Christmas yeah. is the best. It's the one exception. So, we will be back to our regularly scheduled programming next episode talking about stuff we've been playing and watching and reading all the news there was a lot of news that was non-e3 related that we did not cover today there was some more stuff about destiny 2 which i do want to talk about there was some more stuff about google stadia that they talked about that i want us to talk about but this is already a long podcast so we're not going to do that today so look forward to that we got an email from our good buddy steve which we will cover in the next episode if you have an email send it to info at jayitseverything.com and we will read it Leave us a review on iTunes, and we will read that. And we'll see you guys back in the next episode. Peace out.